Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this week we're joined once again by production designer and director, Gavin Rothery, for the second ever episode of The Collective Commentaries. We had a really positive response from listeners after releasing the first episode of The Collective Commentaries for Alien, so we figured James Cameron's Aliens would be the next best choice. For those of you who want to watch the film in sync with their commentary, we have the exact start time in the show notes. And if you can't get your hands on the copy of the movie, there are still a ton of great tidbits in our conversation for you to enjoy. So sit back, grab some popcorn, and get ready to watch Aliens with us. So yeah, here we are. Um, we're doing our second commentary track. This is going to be awesome. We got Gavin, got homie Gavin. Say hello, hello. to the peoples. Hello, peoples. <laughs> I, we, I had a chance to actually meet up with Gavin out when I was out in London. It was just really awesome. And um, we're both just so nerdy about this stuff, as you guys know. Um, this is what we kind of focus our lives around. So, um, and the talk has been, there's been a lot of requests for these commentaries has been a huge success actually from people that they love hearing these things and just kind of hearing our own standpoint and vision and thoughts about these things. So we're back again and we figured, you know, we have a couple other films we really want to do, but we might just keep doing alien franchise films until we're done, which is, there's like 400 of them. So, um, but next on the roster is, is one of Gavin's favorite films of all time. So <laughs> What what's so special about Aliens to you? Well, I Aliens came out in 1986, right? And I was 13 uh, at that point, and so I was I was a young a young lad who grew up in Yorkshire. Um, you know, not much going on up there, obviously, way before the internet and everything. And all I really had to sort of entertain me and my kind of burgeoning sort of love of science fiction was occasional cinema trips, uh, comics, mainly 2000 AD, and my dad and granddad's paperback collection. Um, and that was my kind of, and the odd Saturday morning TV show, like Battlestar Galactica and things. And that was my, um, you know, that was my sort of sci-fi childhood, which is probably one of the reasons why I got into drawing, actually, because there wasn't that much for me to consume. So, you know, I used to sort of make my own stuff up. But Aliens came along at exactly the right time for me. Like I was like 13, I think, when it was in the cinema. And we were getting TV trailers in the UK. I don't know if you've seen it, but the, the original trailer for Aliens is one of the most exciting pieces of film. If you don't know anything about it and you've never seen it before and it comes out of nowhere, that thing is just mind-blowing. I mean, Aliens is so sort of seminal now that so many things have copied it that if you go back and watch it now, you'll just be like, yeah, okay, this is like cool space stuff. <laughs> but at the t- that was brand new and it just you know 13 years old and it, this film had everything i wanted and i was just heartbroken that i wasn't going to be able to see it because i was you know i was a very young looking kid and there's no way i could sneak into like older films so what happened was it came out on vhs and i was sick from school by chance on the day it came out and my mum went and rented it for me because my mum used to kind of rent me uh, films that were you know were you know, I couldn't get myself because she knew I could tell what was real and what wasn't and stuff. <laughs> so my mum rented Aliens for me and I was sick from school. And I'm not the kind of person that can chain a lot of films up. Like I don't, I can't really do like all night cinema, you know, like at festivals where you watch four films over a whole night. I can't do that stuff. It just doesn't hold my attention. Sure. But even, even when I was like really, really sick, Aliens, I watched it 
rewound it, watched it again, rewound it and watched it a third time. I've never done that with any other film. That's cool. Um, it was. It just had everything I ever wanted. It was cool space soldiers. Um, it had like. I mean, I just. I was so in love with Vasquez. It had this like amazing woman. Never seen, <laughs> seen, I, I love never, the strong women characters in this in this film. In uh, in Yorkshire, you know, I never met anybody like Vasquez. It's so alien to me, literally. <laughs> and she was just incredible. This massive machine gun. It's going around like proper proper kicking ass. I was in the echo. <laughs> time so i had like sort of childhood military kind of ambitions to be a pilot and stuff so mm. i was very much into the kind of wow we're gonna we're gonna all go in the forces and get to shoot guns and stuff um the reason why i joined the cadets was to shoot guns um so i was basically <laughs> big into comics and guns sure. so when it came along i'm sure you can imagine it was just perfect perfect timing but for you yeah yeah how did how did you first come into it um it was actually a little bit later i think for me um i don't have a defined memory i just remember I kind of remember um, from my youth mashing both films together. I grew up in Hawaii, so I don't think it was a dominant film out there. So it was kind of like something that you would get or find through like a friend that had a connection to like getting films like these. Because I know it was big, but it just in Hawaii, it's it's a completely different world there. Um, so getting a hold of films like this um, was a little bit different. So I, but I remember. Um, I always remember like the key things that always shook me up about this franchise as a kid. It just was grotesque and like super ultra scary. And I remember this one being kind of profound for me because I remember finding some of like the sketches and the drawings. And it was always something that I connected with in all films. It's just the, the art behind the film was what really drove me. And I remember having like a, Ripley, um, the, the, the machine that she uses, the forklift thing. Yeah, I remember had it. Yeah, the 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 loader thing that I remember having that as a toy, and it was just like one of the coolest things that I had. And just um, yeah, just some of the toys I remember just that and all all of it together. But I I remember as a kid blending the two alien and aliens together as one in my head as just being like this full on like fright fest, like gory, gross fright fest, you know. And it really was at its time. There wasn't as as a kid. I don't remember anything being as violent gross and like scary all at once you know so it was like this thing that was very taboo which i loved you know as a kid that's what you want to watch you know you want to you know have these like kind of um these these entities these experiences that are completely different you know so when you i mean you talk about the toys were they the toys from the 90s um i'm not sure honestly i got like a lot of like if I got a toy, it was because we went to like the thrift store and it happened to be like in the bin or something, you know, like I could never buy like new toys ever really. So, um, that's the only, cause we grew up, I grew up pretty poor. So any chance I got for anything like that would be some kind of hand me down setup, you know? So, um, well, but, they had, um, it's sorry, there was, um, some interesting stuff happened with the aliens franchise after the film aliens, because it kind of, sort of lingered for a bit between aliens and alien three. Mm. And there was quite a lot of, quite a lot of sort of stuff that happened with people trying to make money from the franchise in various ways that never really took off. And there was a line of toys in the nineties. Um, and there were, you know, all the, all the Marines were in there. Ripley was in there with a the power loader and stuff. And they were all like kind of cartoon versions with little spring fired missiles and things. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. I remember it had those, yeah. those toys were actually from an aliens cartoon that never made it to screen. Oh. They were going to, an aliens cartoon series oh, really? uh, a 90s aliens cartoon series in the kind of vein of like ninja turtles and stuff like really kind of sort of you know bring the age down on it um 
And that's what those toys were from. Those were going to be the versions of the Marines and Ripley and the aliens from the cartoon. The cartoon never made it to screen, but they brought the toys out anyway. Oh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, they had merchandise to sell. So like, we got to push this on the shelves. (laughs) Yeah. thing that happened during that period that was super interesting was um dark horse comics i think it was had the license to to aliens yeah and so they brought out three graphic novels those are great yeah i have those yeah those are great those those blew my mind because after seeing aliens then getting a few years older deciding that i wanted to be a comic artist and then those books coming out especially book two you know the one that was illustrated by denny bovet yep that's a great one it's a really good one it's one of my favorite comics ever it's just if you've not seen this and you're listening to this you might want to check out the dark horse graphic novels from the um, from the nineties, because it did three books, and it was imagined as a continuation after Aliens. So um, yeah, there's there's whole each each book was a collection of of issues, collectively making a graphic novel story, which would essentially be a film. So in comic form, there are essentially three Aliens films that come directly after Aliens, that never made it to screen. And then the franchise kind of splits, and then you get the Alien 3 movie. But those three books, I mean, the last one, Earth War, didn't really do much for me. But the first one, the first one's the first one's really good. The second one is amazing. And then the third one was a bit a bit rubbish. But if you're Aliens, honestly, and you've not heard of these things or not read them, just check them down. Uh, track them down, check them out. And um, book two is the really, the really important one. I don't want to tell, say anything about the story, but... Um, it's got it's got one of the coolest characters that never made it into an alien film. You know the Colonel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Colonel General. He's that that whole thing at the end with the, the sword. sword and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My God, that was, you know, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. <laughs> Are you gonna? Why don't you go off and make that? You know, like you have the ability to do that. You think about like maybe making something that's like doing that proper homage. We're living like a pretty interesting day. Back when we were growing up, like if you made a comic, that was like that's what one person or two people or a group of people could do. But now it's like, you can almost go off and make pretty decent little short or an adaptation even, which is kind of rad too. a lot of power. I've got you. Uh, I'm just, there's so much stuff going on. It's like, you're <laughs> right in front of me. I've just had a, a call from my agent about another thing that just popped up literally about an hour ago. And it's like, Oh, I've got, I've just got, you know it's like i mean you're busier than me it's like i've got no time to do anything <laughs> and you're you're busier than everybody i don't know anybody in the world as busy as you it's incredible <laughs> thanks man well yeah. we're just keeping it keeping it busy you know so yeah it's just getting started too things are going to get even crazier as things grow so yeah. But it's a lost boy kicks off. That's gonna. Yeah, that's gonna, I think. Yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm excited for that. That's it's gonna. There's there's so much stuff, and you know, like really, when we think about like how powerful these things are to us, there's a lot of nostalgia that comes with it. I think that anybody could see it in our own work too. But um, I, I'm I'm excited to really kind of comb through this because I think the thing that's really interesting about this, when I first came upon finding out who you were, it was your blog that got me introduced and your love for just you know the nuances of the the details of things behind it. Some people hate it. Like I had Peter Chung on the podcast. He hates knowing things about behind the process. He doesn't care about it. But like for you, I think that it's for me and for me, I I love it too. It's a part of the process too. It's like, I love, I love seeing the the things behind it, you know, it ruins the magic. That's for sure. It, it, it mystifies the magic itself, but some people want to be, you know, magicians and some people want to just, you know, 
be wowed, I think. And so there you yeah. go. Some people want to be magicians and some people want to watch magic. Yeah, exactly. And I think for us, I mean, for me, it was like always, um, like those Im- imagine effects or those, like those books that would show like the process behind effects. Yeah. Yeah. Sin. Those are great books. You know, those were like, that was a resource, but now we have like blogs and stuff. And so I, I'm, I'm excited to really dig into this. I think there's, there's a lot of really interesting things. I know there's a ton that you must know about this. So it's probably going to be a lot of me going like, wow, that's interesting. And a lot more of you explaining the film to me. So, um, but I, I've, I've watched it as we talked about once we decided to do this, I, after I left London, came home, and actually on the way, way home, I actually had the film on my phone and my iPad, and my iPod, which is our iPad, which is what I watched a lot of my films on. Um, and I just I've watched it maybe seven times since then. So just like, and then I've watched all the behind the scenes and stuff, and just got a kind of so yeah. much about the film though. You can watch it seven times. Yeah, there's a lot of depth to it. There's a lot, yeah. even though it's like a very on the surface, it's a very much just a sci-fi action horror thriller kind of film. It does have a lot of depth. There's a lot of interesting things that are going on with it that I think are um, not noted too well. And I think it's also like really interesting to see young. Cameron, you know, at work, just really pushing himself, you know, and his craft and stuff. So, because he just he had just come off of doing uh, was it was it Terminator right before this? Um, I have to look yes, that up. I think, yeah, that I think he, didn't he? Because I know that they they had to really persuade him to do it because he was so sort of you know he was so kind of in awe of what Ridley Scott had done oh, that yeah. originally he didn't want to touch it. Yeah, how does, how, how the hell do you follow that act? You know, it's like damn. <laughs> He's thinking with it though, where he basically went, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and do what Ridley Scott did again. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, he also wrote the script too. Yeah, so it was, um, he, he worked, uh, he, he, he directed Terminator and then he, right after that, two years later, Aliens comes out. So. What a run. What a run. And then The Abyss right after that. And then Terminator 2. (laughs) Uh, and then True Lies, and then Titanic many years later. Um, I think True Lies is a very underrated film because people think of James Cameron as being a sci-fi guy. True Lies is a great film. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's such an entertaining film. So fun. So fun. Yeah, I think that's what's really cool about Jim's uh, career, too. He goes, he can go all the way to doing something like, say, Titanic, and then he can go and make something like True Lies or Terminator or Terminator 2. And now he's in you know Avatar land for the next, like, I think in the next until 2023, I think he's in Avatar Land. It's been like all five episodes or two through five are 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 going on. So, which is crazy. It's so crazy. But only like he's like one of those guys that can just push the box office numbers like nobody else. You know, which is crazy. Yeah, there must be so many people out there that are just so sick of every time he brings a film out. <laughs> I think it's great. Go for it, man. Like, yeah, it's successful. If you're successful, man, I love that. I love seeing successful people out there doing their thing. So. I think the thing is about James, there's something about him like you mentioned to me, actually, you put me onto this and I watched it. I just want to sort of mention it back um, because people listening might want to watch it. Do you remember you recommended I watch um, the Steven Soderbergh Solaris remake with the commentary? Yes, that's great. That commentary is really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's James Cameron and Steven Soderbergh are obviously very good friends. Um, and I, did James Cameron, was he a producer or something on it? He was an executive producer on Solaris. Uh, yeah. And yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you tell it. Cause I think it's a great story. Yeah. It's just, just a really cool thing. I mean, the, Solaris is just one of those classics, but 
And personally, I think that the remake of Solaris is hugely underrated. I thought I, it was yeah, I, lo- I love that film. Yeah, I really yeah. loved it. Yeah, very very worthy remake. And George uh, Clooney is like pushes that he pushes hard, man. And Cliff Martinez score and everything. And really, everything yeah. in it is great. The visual effects are just perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice so and subtle. It's, yeah. I, I think. Um, uh, I think even Jim had a. You know, I'm sure he had a hand in the the, the effects as well too. So, yeah. If you have- so I think if you were close to a project like that, but yeah, the, the commentary of the two of them talking is just wonderful because it gives you a completely different sort of side to James Cameron because he talks in the project about not sort of chipping in on things because it was Steven Soderbergh's film. Yeah. And obviously something that he could very easily just come in and do himself because, you know, the, the material and the films, especially, you know, if there's an exec producer on it, he obviously knows the material really well. But the way that he talks about, um, loving what Steven Soderbergh did with it and, and just kind of stepping back and letting him do his thing just to be thrilled at what he, at knowing that he was going to do something cool and not knowing what it was. It's a, it was a really, a really sort of sweet side to James Cameron that I'd never seen before. Because yeah. um, when you, when you think of directors and usually when you see them in interviews and stuff, they tend to be quite authoritative and quite kind of like didactic in the way that they talk, because, you know, when you're working on, on a project, you have to own the material and there's a certain, you know, especially when you're working on a project like one of your films, you know everything about it and ultimately you're the boss. And the main part of your job is just answering other people's questions when you're in production because you have to brief everybody and pull a team together to get what's in your head out. And so they tend to be quite, um, you know, quite didactic when they talk and there's lots of, you know, they they just tend to come across as being um, a certain way in interviews. And just seeing this completely other side of James Cameron was really nice because he was just very... It was just very cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very cool guy. Yeah, super nice. And like, I love the idea of just how like you think of Jim as just this powerhouse and just how like enamored he was with how Soderbergh just approaches things. And it's kind of interesting hearing that because it's I love that because it just makes him so human and makes it makes me realize like just how much he loves to learn and how much like how much respect he has for other creatives at that level. I think Soderbergh is one of those like masters that just kind of bash through. And I think he's also very underrated because um, the irony of that film even too, is like he did so much on that film. I believe he shot it. He directed it. I think he helped with like the the writing. He also like did help with the edit and it was like the union wouldn't let him uh, use his name on multiple things. So he had to use like his dad's name, use his dad's name for things. He knows it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of like an Anthony Scott Burns in a sense where he's just um, like a jack of all trades and managed to do so many things at once and stuff, which is really cool. And you can see like, you like the, if you don't, if you're, if you're uh, a questionable fan of Jim Cameron, or if you are a fan of him, you should definitely listen to the pod, uh, not the podcast, the, uh, uh, the commentary for Solaris, because it's just really, really good. And it's a great way to see like another side of things. And again, I love these little gems because this is a film that's completely underrated, I believe. And I think it's one of those films that will eventually kind of resurface and emerge later on. So it's just really cool. Yeah. So much cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> cool stuff everywhere. Yeah. Cool stuff everywhere. Okay. Let's start this. Are we ready to go? And jump in yeah awesome there's so much we can talk about but i'd rather us get into the film and really get into like you know discussing the nuances of everything and and for all you aliens fans out there um you're in for a treat this is gonna be a lot of fun so what we're gonna do is we're watching um if you're on the podcast website or anywhere like soundcloud or um i believe even itunes if you're listening to anywhere of those spots um we are listening to aliens director's cut 
um, it's the 1986 version. The running time on this film is like two hours and 34 minutes. That's how you'll for sure know which one we're watching. Um, just so you know, um, we're going to start up and uh, we're going to do a countdown. Gavin, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, we're going back from the start. So we're counting down from five. So five, four, three, two, one. All right. Hopefully we're synced up. <laughs> Awesome. So we got that epic old school 20th century century fox. I love the shake and the hand painted sign and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and the mats too. Like see the mats on the side and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and the overlays. Just all the pieces of cardboard being slid around. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah. If you read um the script for aliens, if you happen to have read the script, um this opening scene we're about to see here has got um a beautiful piece of um piece of writing describing it Mm. um probably a lot of you um watching this have got ambitions to write uh write scripts write films i know that ash does i do myself yeah Uh, when we get into the the sorry i forgot about this little bit through the slits i drew this so many times yeah uh, it's a school so iconic too it's a great title um the bit in the script when we first see the um narcissus shuttle in a moment floating through space it's like the opening paragraph um, it, James Cameron writes it and he describes it as a tiny chip of technology floating in the like infinite darkness. Mm. And I just that little a tiny chip of technology was such a great little quick way to describe it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love writing. J- Jim's a good writer, man. He's a very he's a great writer. Yeah, he's just yeah, he's on a whole nother level. I love the space debris too. Like, there's no such thing to painting, but I love it though. It's so old school sci-fi. Stan Winston, a little shout out to Stan Winston there. Yeah, the the legendary Stan Winston. Yeah, that title was great though. I really love that title. It's beautiful and simple and kind of he he has those big solid like he did a great job with Terminator even too. You know. Just like introducing yeah. it right. I think it's good. Good branding. Smart design. Good, good branding. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, this Narcissus shuttle here, um, they didn't have the original to reference when they were starting on Aliens. Mm. So they had to try and rebuild it from um, stills from the first Alien, from promo photos. Oh. <laughs> Such a strange shape. Yeah. This one's really foreshortened nose. It's actually very different. If you look at a model kit, um, this is a very different shape. Ship. The whole front end of it's very different. Hmm. I love the oh. I love the textures and the glitter and just like not the glitter. I know it's just like that that compound like space debris dust on the set here. It's so good. Do this on Moon. You see on the helmet here the glittery yeah. frost on the helmet. Yeah. When doing Moon when we were making Moon, there was a bit where um, one Sam finds the the clone Sam in the crash. Yeah. Yeah. And side a little while and i wanted to get this texture on the helmet and i was like how are we going to do that because we were literally just setting up the shot and i was like it'd be so cool if we can get that look on there mm-hmm. it turns out we had a chap called john lee on the team who worked on aliens who was a model builder and he was also on moon and so we got him in and he was telling us that what they did was they dissolved salt water um and dried it really carefully with a hairdryer huh. and so we tried to do that on the helmet and it was just taking ages and we weren't getting anywhere and we had to we had time pressures i love this cutting thing oh so, yeah this machine's um, so great so cool we ended up using spray snow you know like you do for christmas like the snow that comes in an aerosol yeah we ended up using that and it looks cool. okay the film. yeah it looks lot, good i remember lot, that yeah a lot of what sells the effect is a kind of crackling noise when you wipe your hand over it of course it. the sound I, yeah Again, I'd probably put some glitter in there to try and make it look a bit icy. 
that door looks questionable. I could see the cardboard. You know this machine that comes in? I could never figure out how it was being held because it looks like it's floating. Yeah, yeah. I, guess it's I love behind. it. It's such a cool <laughs> shape, too. It's like com- complex but abstract, but it also has like some interesting language, too. Look at that old school lo-fi tech, too. So great. Beautiful. Yeah. Just the textures too. Yeah, I mean, you you can't beat this opening sequence. You can't. It's just, it's so iconic. The use of light and then the the various cuts. There's a lot of cutting going on here too. It's for a very yeah. slow shot. He, he, um, I know that Jim is really active in his and edits too. I I'm, I know he's very hands on and all this stuff. The volumetric light's so great too. I mean, I mean, imagine shooting here. It's just you're just flooding these sets with just fog and stuff to catch that light and stuff oh, cool yeah great entry you know like the rebirth basically all this the suggestive interesting meetings and innuendos that happen and then they have that nice bounce light on the right hand side i'm probably going to talk a lot about the visual constructions of a lot of these shots too so you probably get tired but you're going to get all those really great um set details like that you know this part right here when he wipes it so great just like bit partners and they've got really cool outfits on yeah. like you know, the, the the world building is fantastic this is yeah. just a couple of jokes like that are in for about what four or five shots yeah and they look amazing yeah it's cool shepperton studio yeah that's, that's where we shot moon yeah that's so cool you must have been freaking out man yeah i was very um it's like any film studio. It's like there's just history everywhere. That's I think one of the coolest things well. about working um, when you when you put a film together is when you're constructing the sets because you've got all these like sort of chippies like the carpenters and stuff yeah. and the, the, the set decorators and painters and stuff and they've worked on everything. Like we had all these guys. That looks a bit dodgy actually. That matte painting now. Yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> it's the lighting that's kind of thrown off. That painting of Earth too is kind of nice, <laughs> but it's old. You know, you can feel the age of it. You can feel it's a painting too. Um, it looks good though. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it holds up, but it's 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 crazy how much we've come. But now everything like we'll, in you know ten years time, we're gonna look back at a lot of the stuff that we think looks good now. Let's say like gravity. And it's going to look just too CGI because it's it's obviously CGI, you know. So, but um, it's just forcing, sh- shifting the reality of things, you know. So there's a lot of sets on this on this film too. There's some beautiful little bits of world building in here, like weird bits of work, like just dead subtle things. Look at uh, Paul Reiser's collar on his suit. It's yeah, like the top that's true. Yeah, up. I only noticed that the other day when I was rewatching this to talk uh, to talk with you about it now. There's a, a bit in a, you know, when she goes on trial and she has the, the kind of um, the big chat with all the office bods. Yeah, coming uh, up soon. Suits, and they've all got the same style of suit with the collars up like that. It's just a really nice little That's bit cool. of world build. It's like um, reality altered, like subtle reality altercations. It's, it's cool. cool. It's a nice looking cut, too. I didn't even realize it before. I was looking at his uh, his acting, too, you know, so. He went off to do Mad About You and all that stuff. That's how he got kind of big, right? That show, yeah, Mad About You. I know it's like he's a big actor, Paul Reiser. He's been in a lot of TV shows and yeah. stuff that are really famous, but I never saw any of that stuff. And I always knew him as Carter Burke. He plays a really great douchebag. So. He, he yeah. does a sleepy corporate. He really yeah. does. He's great. He just looks like someone that just wants money, like all he's interested in is money. Yeah, which is good. You know, like I think that's one thing I think that Jim did a really great job with on the character. Um, characters in this story, you have everybody playing their role with logic that matches their intentions. And I think that's a real key thing that I feel is when films really drop, they break, they, their, their logic of the character breaks, you know, that cat does a great job, man. 
That was an Alsatian that they they brought an Alsatian in. Oh. Get that reaction off the cat. They scared it with a big dog. Oh yeah, imagine. I mean, you have to. That's the only way you get the performance yeah. out of the cat. Yeah, here it goes. I got to say, okay. I always thought the stomach looked a little bit rubbery on this, even when I first saw it. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously a, a big rubber, big rubber tummy she's got going on here. Yeah. Oh, slow so again, She does such good. Um, she makes good noises. Like yeah. when she, I was thinking about this as well the other day when I was rewatching it. She's great at shouting. Yeah, she has. She has, she's Ooh, a great actress. At, yeah. 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 Some actors just can't shout though. When you shout, you just don't buy it. That's a bit rubbery. <laughs> it's, Come off that quick. It's so gross though. And I think that when, you know, as a kid, when you see that, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> I think I would like to have seen that just explode, I think, and just cut off quickly. Oh, you've seen it where it, it rips the skin? I'd like to have seen it. No, uh, I mean, you know, uh, that, obviously that's no, the way it is. No, 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 no. It's too early. Really too soon, too soon. <laughs> Look at yeah. that painting in the background, too. And all the big numbers on all the things, just in case you don't know what, you know, what things are, you know, the Ron Cobb numbers everywhere. <laughs> you love that. I know you love that stuff. You you dress the moon all over the place with that those big numbers. Yeah, I think that's my thing is big numbers on the wall. <laughs> it's like, it's like design graffiti in space, yeah. Yeah. This is the first scene from the director's cut. This was cut from the theatrical version. Oh, this is great, though. The script describes that effect on the wall as a solido. That's mm. what it's called in the story. That's cool. I really would like... I should read the script. I should read the script to all the films I like. How do you go about finding scripts of films that you like? I just Google it. They're all out there. Really? Oh, that's so awesome. Like PDFs out there, huh? Yeah, I just collect PDFs of stuff. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff I can send over if you like, but... Yeah, I'd love I, to. Yeah, I mean, things like Mad Max 2, it's such a visual film yeah. that, you know, I, I got into reading scripts because I was like, how the hell do you write this? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. you, write, you write every shot, or, you know, and that was the thing that kind of just learning how to write um, through reading other people's scripts and just figuring out how I Interpretations and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, like a word becomes a picture, which becomes a completely different word, a group of words, you know, because of the the different sensories things that we take in when we look at things. Oh, there's this nice blazer right there. It looks good. Well, they say you, you write a script and then you shoot a film, right? So, you know, the, the, the script and the film tend to be quite different, but when you get someone like James Cameron who writes his own scripts, yeah, there you go. He sees it already, which is great. Yeah. How's that pixelated image? What's up with the pixelation on that? Thumb, that's like a thumbnail they've printed out there. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbnails in the future. Have you played the video game? Um, the um, not the Aliens video game, but the uh, the one where you're, you're just um, her daughter and you're trying not to get yeah. destroyed. Yeah, um, I mean, I've got a funny relationship that? with that game. But it's kind yeah. of crazy that I like the way that they tied the story together. I thought that was kind of rad. Yeah, it was like the art. It was beautiful. I mean, I've got so much love for that game, but I just hated the AI of the Alien. And there wasn't much game design there. I mean, it was it was an experience more than a game. Yeah, hey, that's that's what it is. I think it's. it's I like cool. that though. If you every all this stuff on the screens here matters. It's like they're, they're all actual backstories for all the characters. It's really cool. Oh, that's um, written on there. Yeah, if you look at the one from Ken, check out the suits here. Everybody's got these upturned suit collars. It's really nice. Um, if you remember Ken from the first Alien, played by um, John Hurt, when his bio comes up, there's a whole load of fascinating stuff about him that tells you all about his character from the first Alien film. Mm -hmm. And it, there's a really nice 
story that tells you how he ended up on the Nostromo because he was, it's all on the screen, like you can pause it and read it all. Um, you might need a Blu-ray for that though. Yeah, but, to uh, read that, that fine detail. Yeah, officer. And I just got to say, this is obviously a small, cheap set, but it looks cool. Yeah, it's, it's nice. The lighting's just, nice. It's really nice. The Wayland um, logo is so well done, too. I love the Wayland logo. It's so well branded. It's just great branding, design branding inside the film franchise. Her hair is so great, too. <laughs> oh, she's yeah. looking, uh, I must admit, the 80s hair on Sigourney Weaver here doesn't do it. Curls. <laughs> I prefer alien Sigourney hair. But, um, <laughs> yeah, if you look at the, the background for, for Kane, he tells you this whole story on the screen about how he was like an aspiring medical officer on uh, on bigger ships, hmm. and he ended up taking his own drugs because he had access to the drugs. So he ended up becoming a drug addict, and then he got demoted. But he was too good to bin, so they put him on uh, on a freighter, and that's how he ended up on the Nostromo. So Kane was actually a recovering drug addict. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, there's there's backgrounds for all of them. It's really cool. That's it's smart, though. I mean, that's that's kind of how you need to write these things. You need to have them so that you understand the real. You know, you it's like um, you just have a good understanding of the world. When you're w- building a world, you need to kind of be able to see it through and through. She she yeah. she is really really well casted as just being like another corporate, you know, pawn. She looks yeah. like one. You know, she like look at those shoulder pads. She's like ready for football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sigourney's hair is so great. <laughs> it's just got that crazy curl, big puff thing going on. It's so funny how fast hair changes, and you can see kind of, yeah, you know, just the style and the age of things. Well, she has been asleep for fifty-seven years too in the story, so yeah, maybe it's done strange things to her hair. His DOP does a really great job, I think, of having foreground elements cutting the frame really well. Um, whether yeah. it's light or not, look at that, like, um, that fill of light that comes up in, in front of the, us and that guy too. And just the, the use of foreground elements is great. Got all these colors going on here. Everybody's got those futuristic colors. Yeah. They've got some quite high-waisted pants yeah. on there. Yeah, beautiful picture of her back there. Good looking woman. <laughs> it's going to She's the queen. Yeah, she is the queen. Yeah. Yeah. Even watching it, cause I'm watching it muted and just you know watching it muted she does a great job of telling you the story without even saying anything you know yeah the whole the whole thing about just the the kind of corporate facade that's put in front of her it's just brilliant it's such a great way to start off her story as well like a second story because she's just like everything's just gone wrong for her yeah she was reborn lost everything and then now she's just getting screwed by the machine (laughs) it's like bollocks to you lady off you go back in your box and they, um, have, they have no clue and they don't want to trust her or believe her too, which is crazy. It could have been so cheesy, the whole not believing a thing. It yeah. could have been really, really cheesy. Yeah. But I like the way that they were doing, they were kind of doing a lot more than that. They were really moaning at her for blowing up an expensive starship and not believing it was just like a little side note, really. Yeah. And then right here, where they, how they find out it's a colony. She's like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? And uh, it's so nice because it's doing that thing where, you know, films have to kind of choose how they're going to deliver the information. And in this instance, we know more than the characters on screen. Because yeah. this guy's just been some smug corporate suit and we know there's trouble coming. And he's just completely oblivious and doesn't care. And yeah. it's so, so good. Like, it's such a good hook. Like, yeah. we're quickly, like, we get it. Like, we've seen it. And it's like, oh, no, those people are all screwed. And all these, like, all these desk jockeys and stuff, they just don't get it at all. It's so good. Land of dicks. <laughs> the dick set you don't want to fall backwards on those and that land yeah. dick world, <laughs> dick um, world. 
But, I guess uh, stuff that was cut from the theatrical edition now, all this stuff was cut, right, with the Jordan colonists. Yeah. Which is a shame when you, I mean, some things, some films just need to be long, you know, and this, this is just one of those films that needs to have a longer place to build and, and sell the world and really get you invested in the world too. Oh, this gear, this, this thing is red. This thing, this oh, piece yeah. is what was that about two foot long, that miniature? And foot and a half long. It's cool. It's small. The suspension's yeah. great on it though. And the, the, the details, it does look like it's got a pretty decent size. So yeah, the lights just, it just gives it scale. Yeah. And it's all um, dry, uh, like dry ice smoke with fans. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So cool, though. Yeah, it's nicely placed. Yeah, yeah a, lot, really a lot of trickery in here happening. Yeah. He totally sells it, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah. It's a little bit of something, something. Yeah. I do feel sorry for this guy. He's, uh, you might, if you watch Red Dwarf, you might know him as Captain Hollister from Red Dwarf. Mm. And I'm sorry for all these people when I first saw the director's cut because they're just not in the, they weren't in the film. When it was at the cinema, you know, this guy here, like, he's great. Like the the colony director. Yeah. Great actor, this guy. He does the whole kind of like, you know, sort of tired company man thing really well. <laughs> well, he looks he's like he is. <laughs> you know, I wonder if he went to the premiere, like, if they invited him to the premiere. I must <laughs> like, oh, you just completely cut me out of the film. Thanks a lot. Yeah, if you yeah look it's got to be heartbreaking. This, this set here, you see these red lumps on the walls? Yeah. The, the backs of televisions painted red. The backs of old CRT TVs. Oh man, how do you know that? We got like those. When we were dressing this, that's I don't know. Yeah, I've researched this set build loads because I love it. But they they found a company that did injection molding for televisions, mm. and they got all all the off all the scraps and all the ones from the skips, yeah. and they just went to a couple of trucks and came back with like hundreds and hundreds of um, plastic TV backs, old CRT TV backs. Hmm. And they just on uh, on the walls and painted them red. There's a really back to uh, James Cameron's days at um, uh, working with Roger Corbin as well. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, he did um, Piranha or something right that right back way back then. Uh, well, before that, he did things like um, Galaxy of Terror. Yeah, and he did like special effects and all that kind of stuff, right? That's what kind of got him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it looks he, like a miniature there. It didn't have the weight, but it still looks yeah. good though. They did a good look at that, hair. that colonist hair. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the future. The future you is. Have to, have to look at you know the whole thing you were saying about how you kind of influenced by things and how everyone's got their own journey. Yeah. If you look at some of the work that James Cameron did when he was at um, Roger Corman's place, he did a film called Galaxy of Terror, and if you watch that, you can see so much of aliens in Galaxy of Terror. Hmm. There's like it's about a ship that crash lands on a on a spooky weird planet. And a bunch of um, the crew basically going to this weird alien pyramid and have a bunch of weird stuff happen to them, the creatures. But they've got backpacks with lights over the shoulders and all sorts of stuff. Huh. It's, it's yeah. really aliens. And the ship at the beginning has got corridors in it, which look very similar to the, the colony corridor that we just saw with red painted. Although when they were doing Forbidden Planet, um, not Forbidden Planet, sorry, Galaxy Terror, the, they were using McDonald's fast food um, cartons on mm-hmm. the walls. Mm-hmm. And then for they graduated to television uh, television cases. <laughs> so, yeah. all, Chain, all the same time. Changing Mini- budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Made it. They got the derelict ship. There we go. And that's yeah, kind of, is, uh, I think they built the first half of this thing. Yeah, I was going to say, they, were, they, they must have built it half because he would have shown the whole thing if he had it. So, those yeah. doors and everything, yeah. <laughs> you feel, you just feel the, the set building of it. You know, like set build props, they have that feel of 
the refined edge, all the edges are somewhat soft because they're not using the actual material. So everything kind of has like a, a soft edge, you know, that's what I thought was kind of quite interesting about like, um, oblivion, I believe it was where they built that bubble ship, you know, the helicopter thing, but they built like the real thing. That's what like, man, that thing looked crazy. The prop looked insane, beautiful prop. This is, I mean, you couldn't do that in this film. You have just so much going on. If you wanted to keep the budget the way that they needed to keep it. I mean, look at this set alone. I mean, think about the amount of hours I had to, you had to put in just to have this one entry point, you know, with all the Giger stuff everywhere and hoses and stuff. I love the entry points too. If you look at, if you look back at like the intro to the film and you have like the, um, the eye and aliens, I believe it's the one that opens up into like that mouth. You know, but then you have like when Sigourney gets rescued, they open up the door and it looks like the same thing and it's placed in the same spot and they just entered another, you know, like they're, um, it's very, uh, vaginal. It's all about about the dicks and body parts. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of innuendos and subtleties and things and it's very, um, oh, this is great. This scene right here, this shot. I love it yeah, too. It's, yeah. it's a cool thing about this film too. It catches you. Um, well, at least it tries to catch you off guard, which is, which is what you need to do. You need to have like a moment of rest and then you need to have, you know, you need to grab your audience and, and shake them up right when they get comfortable. I got to say that scream does annoy me a little bit. When she finished that scream. <laughs> yeah. Well, she doesn't, she's not pulling it off. Her acting isn't. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice, you go in from, like, from going chaos, from chaos to um, normalcy to simplicity, back and forth, cutting between the two, and you're finding different roles and who's doing what, when, where. I love this. The rubbish on the floor. Yeah, the rubbish on the floor is great. You know, because it's not. Oh, yeah. The cast in this film so good. Gorman, he's wonderful. Yeah, he's great. Sounds wonderful, but he plays he plays it just perfect. Yeah, he's great. There's, uh, is that some Ron Cobb stuff on the side there on the, on the right hand of the screen? There's like little buttons and stuff. I'm sure it is, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It will be, yeah. <laughs> Quite the designer. Sets he built in this film, actually, just like the corridor and the apartment and stuff. It's crazy. There's a lot of, yeah. There's a lot of, um, a lot of little quick sets that they put together for this. And they all look good. Like they have their yeah. own little spot and their presence and like, look at the low ceiling and just how it feels like a bathroom on an airplane basically it's, it's super condensed yeah. artificial lighting all that stuff no windows Confined, nice like, she's a bit of a pig isn't she look how messy your house is yeah she needs to chill out with that scorny crazy pig we all love you don't be a pig yeah you have more of you than this you have a cleef what's that thing behind her it says cleef yeah i'm always interested too like when i after I watch a film multiple times, then I start looking at everything that I didn't just to see the details of it. Cause you know, the first time you're watching a film, you're missing so much and that's okay because you're just supposed to be watching the, the, the actors really do their performance and you're feeling the score and everything between it. And a lot of it's, you're spending most of your time in your film watching the eyes and the eye line, you know, and just seeing the faces. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting going back and rewatching the film after so many times and kind of seeing all the nuances of it and the little subtleties and the details of things, you know? So I do find that when you're listening, when you're watching a film with no sound, like we are now, um, I started doing that to study editing a bit better. Oh yeah. yeah. You can really get a better sense of the edit if you turn the sound down. Um, yeah, I, that, that kind of got me into, got me into the same kind of thing. Like, 
it's not uncommon for me to watch a film with sound off, which, you know, sounds a bit weird, but you can get a lot more from it that way. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, well, if you think about it, for me, I think a score is 50 to 80% of the film is a score. So if you cut that out and you just focus on one thing, it's probably smart, but I also think it's good to cut to rhythm as well too. So it just depends on what you're cutting to. If it's dialogue, then yeah, you, you can probably just do it mostly just with intentions of, of watching the, the expressions and the actions of your, of your performers and stuff. So the eye line here is really great too, that where it was cutting she back between them. She shuts down so good. Mm. She just completely shuts his ass down. It's great. Yeah. She's a boss. I love, I love his little transparent science fiction business card. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you can only carry that. three of those and your wallet's packed <laughs> up. It's like three quarters of an inch thick. Cool. <laughs> oh, the cat's like, dude, you gotta clean this place up. It's like, please, <laughs> please stop smoking. Damn, they they freaking dumped a, tons of water on her. Yeah, she's wet. And the the use of light too, the 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 light up top, you know, pushing the, the all the lines across her face, creating discomfort and stuff. I mean, there's so many of these things that you don't notice until you understand why it's working and, and how it's working. But just that alone, it's just creating. It's like turning her into an alien with the light, you know. Yeah, exactly. Putting her cage, all these so suggestive, interesting things to really drive the ideas home. Um, I love this whole shot in the mirror. It's just really pretty. Yeah, gotta love those mirror shots. So hard. This could be quite shit. This shot, yeah, it's just full. This is, you know, it's just how good Sigourney Weaver is. I do love this little science fiction. That that machine's great. Yeah, very cool. Little knobs and everything. It's, I just love the way that, like, she just rips the card out when she's done talking. Yeah, treats it normally. She's, yeah, she's just so good with all of this stuff. How's that? I always got yeah. some, like, prostitute in the room with him. <laughs> yeah. So, I think he's like, can you see any drugs or hookers behind me? <laughs> I wonder if they rubbed on her face. She's just Vaselined up or something. She's just got very Jewish skin. Uh, yeah. My girlfriend pointed this out when I first showed her Alien. Hmm. She said, like, Sigourney Weaver's just got beautiful skin yeah you've seen the close-ups at the end of alien when she's getting really sweaty and she has she's got she's got wonderful skin that sigourney sigourney skin hashtag sigourney skin (laughs) i hear she's a really awesome person in real life too she's just a down-to-earth person look at that look at that this is my favorite spaceship ever 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 really so, yeah, look at it. It's a weapon. It's a military spaceship. It's the most vicious-looking spaceship I've ever seen. It's perfect. Military uh, military carrier. I love it. I've got a model of the Sea Walker that lives on my desk. I just find it so inspirational. I'm always going to love the Millennium Falcon. There's a lot of ships that I love, but the Sea yeah. Walker just nails it. It looks like a gun. Get the porn. The- this is a really nice hark back to the first Ooh. alien, actually, the kind of tour of the ship. Yeah. Except- version but watching this as a as a 13 year old lad i was just like oh, oh, guns look at all the guns all the cool guns and the thing that this film does really really well i have a thing like a kind of a theory that i've got about about sci-fi film and it's something that um i things that i find tickle me and it's something that i intend to push forward in my own world like, this is. film does it perfect it's a it's a thing i uh, I should give it a proper name. It's basically the, the thing is, is, is when they show you something in a garage that looks amazing, and they just show it you as like it's in the background or something, and then later on in the film they get it out and use it. Yeah, yeah, because you're curious about what what. Let me see that closer. Yeah, it's absolutely. So, yeah. That great. 
stuff stowed, the dropship, the guns, a power loader, and later on in the film, you will see all of that stuff doing getting used. Yeah, doing- it's all dormant right now until their users come out. I like all the dents and the dings and the doors and stuff. That's great. It's like a bunch of military sort of roughnecks just punching lockers and kicking lockers. Mirror trick right there, bam. Oh, yeah. yeah. What is this, six pods? Yeah, I think it's probably got to be six, and then they replicated it to 12, the mirror trick. I love that mirror trick. I know you, that's how you did it in Moon when you were doing Moon, Moon too. So, yeah. That's how you yeah. do it. You get mirrors out. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. That detail on the decals on the, on the screens are kind of cool too. There's a lot of silver foil on this scene, actually. Tons, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, do you think about it? We've seen like 400 different things. We've seen so many different pieces you know yeah look at this cast look at these actors like holy shit um what was a chap that played a pawn al matthews he was a real ex um drill sergeant yeah he was yeah i I remember watching the commentary and they were saying like how like there was like some kind of issue happening he was going crazy and just making like started just ordering everybody around and stuff and they, you know because he went into full on military mode yeah the roof fell in on the APC uh, and there was a fire yeah and he just like got everybody out of there because they were all um, breathing in carbon Suciated. monoxide yeah um, yeah if he was a little bit more ripped it'd be more believable that's my only problem with him he's just not top. I think he's cool he's like a real person yeah he is like a little real person if he just he had a little bit more tone it'd probably make more sense but yeah. I like it because it's like he didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Don't his, yeah, he's just like, don't care. <laughs> oh, this, this whole thing's so good. I remember this being the first time I actually kind of met Vasquez, like, you know, as in meeting a character in a they, film. They try to do that in Prometheus where she's doing push ups, but I didn't buy it. To do loads of things in Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get started on Prometheus. <laughs> we, should, we should have a chat about Prometheus. We'll, we'll do our own commentary on Prometheus. Maybe we'll bring we'll Peter. Between ourselves, but there's so much more to, to do. <laughs> yeah, we won't ruin <laughs> aliens with it. Oh, man. I love Bill Paxton. Yeah. I love Bill's Bill great. Bill, Bill went off to just do so many great things, too. He. He's a good director, too. Um, well, started off painting at Roger Coleman's uh, studio with... Uh, um, didn't James Cameron hire him to paint sets? Yeah, I think so. And that's how that's how they knew each other. Lance yeah. Henriksen comes from Coleman as well, doesn't he? There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of... You know, James Cameron's, like, sort of picked up... A, he built a good film family, picked up a lot of people, and, and uh, brought them with him as he came up. They're also so scrawny, though. That, They're so skinny. All of these them. guys speak really highly of James Cameron as well. Like all yeah. of these guys, like love him. Which, yeah, you know, it's volumes. Well, he's the man. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, a lot of characters in this film. It's a big cast. Yeah, it is a big cast. A lot of people. A lot of people get annihilated. I, I Michael Bean was my. You know that whole thing when you're a kid. It's like you kind of you've got your kind of ideal version of what you want to be. Hicks yeah. was that. And that was mine. I just wanted to be Hicks. I wanted to be Sigourney. <laughs> and then in, in reality i came like i love him. he is so good he just does a uh, he's such a method actor yeah, yeah. This is great and this this i love this this is such a smart way of introducing him to to make yeah. make us realize how different he is com- compared to everybody too yeah yeah he's great he does a great job though he, i remember like watching it like how serious he was you know like about everything 
I think the thing I like about Bill Paxton here is this noise that he makes. It really reminds it, it's it's the same Bill Paxton that was um, Chet in Weird Science. You know the older brother. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's very easy to imagine that like this is what happened to Chet when he got a bit older. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I didn't even think about that. I haven't watched that in a long time. It's a great. I love Weird Science. It's a great film. Yeah, yeah he. I love Sigourney Weaver again here, just about to shut Bishop down. She yeah. does very good, like shutdowns, and it's such a great way to kind of play a character forwards from the first film. Yeah, because she's really cold and like she's a bit of a dick, but you totally get it. Like, if you if you hadn't seen the first Alien film, you just think she was like a really rude asshole. Yeah. She's she's the queen of the shutdown. Yeah, and you can see yeah. you can see everybody like, wow, stop being a jerk. <laughs> yeah, and all the soldiers are like, ooh, stay away from her. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> you hear that? That's baby Sigourney. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got. I just noticed again. Burke's got the uh, shirt collar up again. Yeah, it's nice. It's cool. Like they just kind of re. I dressed all clothing to have that new style, which is really awesome. Just dead subtle things too. I do find his hair is great too. Is his hair fake? No, I think I it's just dressed it's up. It looks fake to. Yeah, he's great though. Like Ash yeah. in the first film, Ash is great too. I, I I just want to be Ash. That's all I want to be. Is Ash, when I grow up. <laughs> like I like your name. <laughs> when Lance Henriksen was uh, oh, that oh, painting, that was, oh, that well, painting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it works okay it works okay I mean Star Wars has a lot of that too where you see the painting behind it yeah I mean it's God, just think of the production man this is just yeah. massive sets yeah, so much stuff it's, it's just they're just doing it it's like you don't give a shit it's like I'm getting a shot yeah and he gets it yeah um, I think that um, there was a really cool thing about Lance Henriksen when he um, was talking to James Cameron about the Bishop character. And when he went in for his, um, his audition, he had some special contact lenses made. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. With like the slit. Mm, They were like, it's it's like he had four eyes on, you know, like two, two, um, which corneas on each eyeball. It was really weird. There's some production pictures of those around on the internet. Yeah. I don't think that, I think, I think it's smart to keep him as human as possible. I think that's the, that's the, the beauty of him. He's, he's supposed to be, um, he's supposed to blend in, you know, all the floating chains are great too. I think that's a great element too. That just kind of breaks up the space. It's a smart move on their behalf and the props and the camera peeps or whoever made that call. Just having them kind of pull on them, hold them and use them to cut the space is really good too visually. Well, they just look so cocky as well. They're just like a bunch of rockets and they're just like, yeah, whose ass do we have to kick? Yeah. And up so well. Then you just get absolutely mullered. As soon as they get in the first contact, they just get their asses ripped out. there's some really nice um backstory stuff with these characters too that um the actors were given license by james cameron to make up their own characters and so vasquez was a gang member she was a blood oh yeah headband on she's a blood and she's done time in prison um for killing people in gang uh, gang related violence and her and drake as the smart gunners they both came from prison because it's like a really shit job being a smart gunner. Hmm. And they were both offered um, a way out of prison by joining the military. That's cool. So they're not the same as the other soldiers. They're actually in a, in a different part of the military where they're conscripted from prisons. Hmm. It's kind of like a Kawajiri Cyber City 808. You ever watch that? that. Cyber City 080. That's the same kind yeah. of concept where like you're in prison, but you can cut down your years if you go and like join the police on like special op force things where like... It's just a real shit job. You're most likely going to die. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Cyber City oh. 08 is so fun. It's so crazy. It's so old, but it's so good. It's just full of gems all over the place. It's classic. <laughs> you watch your shit. I love that. <laughs> I love how they, they just make fun of him, too. They don't believe in him, and he doesn't believe in himself, too. They see right yeah. through his bullshit, you know. And they're kind of just like this ragtag group of misfits, you know, which I think is it's interesting, so too. Because, like, he's trying. Yeah, they didn't exactly send the A team, did they? Yeah. These guys are like the D team, probably, in the military. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not front of the top boys, have they? Yeah. Well, you heard so, the man. There you go. <laughs> so, oh, Matthew's just fantastic. Get over here. And I love that shot of him, too. Just, you know, we're subordinate to him. We're looking up and the lighting, how the lighting goes up at him, too. I think one of the things that I respect so much, though, in, in filmmakers is when to cut a scene. And that scene just cuts perfectly. Yeah, it was a good cut. Yeah. yeah, it's off and onto space. You never know who did make, make some of these calls. You know, I'm sure the editor who's working on this uh, has his own, their own perfections and stuff. But it's um, you never know who's in that room and going, you know, Jim's like, hey, you know, put that over there and let's cut that over there. Can you cut that early and all that stuff? Because, you know, a good director and an editor team up. They'll, they'll work in tandem, as you know, um, all the way up to the finished part, you know, which is interesting about like, as I look at films now, like the, f- the further you get along with it, you can see the strings in that, but that looked really nice anyways. <laughs> this, this whole setup too, sorry, I'm going to, we're going to be jumping all around over here because there's just so much going on in this film, but oh, look at it. Look yeah. how good that is. Yeah. No, I, as a kid, I was like, mm, it doesn't get better than that. It's <laughs> real. I like how they duplicated it by putting one without somebody in it on the other side, right behind her, which is great. So you have this two is, for the price of one. This is so cool, like Ripley impressing yeah. soldiers. Yeah. This is just just classic James Cameron writing. Yeah. It's just perfect. Yeah, well, it's, it's characters that are owning their role. He does a lot of that in um, True Lies, like tons of it. Yeah. yeah. Those boots, man. Those Reeboks are sick. I saw that somebody like was rebuilding them, like remaking them or something, like you could buy them. <clears throat> they brought them out. They, they they did piss quite a lot of people off though, because I think they only did them in larger sizes. Oh. Uh, you know, thinking that blokes were going to buy them when they're actually girls' trainers. Yeah, and a lot of girls wanting them, but I think the the smallest size they did them in was an eight or a seven, hmm. and a lot of girls uh, take smaller shoe sizes than that. <laughs> Swap people off, um, but yeah, I don't know if they cared that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, they, yeah, you get the stop action stuff. Get so that good. mat. So good though. Yeah, I love their reaction too. That's their honest reaction too. Like, damn, look at her, she's killing it. You know, like in surprised right. and stoked and in that as well. It's a great. He sees, yeah, like, he sees Ripley in a different light. There. Yes, and that's when their 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 relationship really starts right there at that moment. He he's surprised and enamored by her, and all at the same time, like, I love this shot. Here we I go. Love- here we go. The Steadicam gun. This is the the stuff starting to come out of the garage now. Yeah. It's like a glimpse of what you're going to be seeing in the rest of the film. Yeah. So me as a 13-year-old kid now is like right on the edge of my beanbag. You know, <laughs> so, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Shit's about to get real. Yeah. They're all getting APC. They've all got the guns. Holy shit, what's going to happen? You're excited. That's you know I mean? great. I love it. We're still early in the film. Like, what were we, like 38 minutes in? So we've still got, by my count now, an hour and 55 minutes to go. Yeah. And they're just getting all the toys out of the garage and they're about to get into the shit. Yeah. We say how to build this stuff up in a way that I just is just exciting that that airplane um uh like what's that thing called those things that pull the airplane into yeah it's a it's um it's a, a big 38 ton tug from yeah. an airport 
That thing is sick. That's a real smart use of that thing, too, for this. Yeah, I love all of that. It's just the the their gear is great too i remember watching the behind the scenes and jim was like he saw i think um i can't forget which actor but he had to hey run against and throw yourself against that wall and he did and all the gear fell off and he's like no rebuild all of this it needs to be way more robust you know so (laughs) they actually you know like they they built it out to be good but thinking about all those costumes you know how much work it takes to build this stuff look at all the stuff that's going on look at all the details inside this ship you know like Everything is is worked on and built, you know, and it's just it's crazy. About set too, like the interior of the APC, they're not actually inside the APC. It's a completely different set. Yeah, it's a different set. It just doesn't occur to you at all. Yeah, like it, you know, this is this isn't inside that vehicle. Yeah, but it, it just works so well. It's yeah, they do a good job. It's really great. I just yeah. all the all the the attention to just the textures and details and how everything just feels so lived in and stuff. The shape of that ship is just the best too man i love it just the hard angles and the brute the bruteness of it. it's just yeah it doesn't the get cooler than that really i mean you got the batmobile but then you got this you know it's like it's cool in the batmobile. pretty close yeah the Indians apc for me is probably the coolest science fiction vehicle i've ever the coolest vehicle i've ever seen in a film mm. i like the, the scrambler from um Space bike is one of my favorites <laughs> kaneda's bike from Akira. Kind of like, yeah, but that's, that's not film, I guess. That's animation, but still. Here is a film. It, yeah. it counts. Yeah. But yeah, the APC is, uh, you can have Canada's bike. I love the APC. We're going <laughs> yeah. around an industrial estate the weekend. <laughs> One of my favorites is, yeah, so, that's, so cool. That's cool. I, love, I love this scene where Pharaoh kind of comes into her own and yeah. all of a sudden it's her show. Yeah. It's great. Like, she's just like, Everybody else is a passenger, and it's like her moment. It's so good. I love the powerful female roles in this film, too. I think that's really awesome. I think it's just it's super cool, you know? Yeah. They just, I think the thing is about James Cameron, I get a sense of him, which is I don't think he really he really gives a shit whether a character is a man or a woman. He, he just doesn't, likes yeah. Characters. He just likes cool characters, like, yeah. If you said, if you used a term like strong female character, he'd probably just say, like, what you're talking about, it's just a strong character. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because he has strong men, strong women. Yeah, you got to have both. Yeah, I, I, but I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> That's not so bad. <laughs> it's cotton wool. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's lumps of cotton wool. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be hot and tough. I, I think it's um, it's really cool how he let them just kind of dress up each each one of their own setups too. That shake looked good. This sequence looks good. They pulled it off. This this in flight look of the camera moving uh, like jiggling around is a perfect amount yeah. to sell doing like the dropping from space onto a planet. Yeah. You know they, they've just they've got it just right. It's not too much, but it, it looks violent and rough. And again, Gorman here, like is it William? I can't remember his name. William Drake is it? He's he's just um, he's great. I love him. I love Gorman in this film. I love them all, but Gorman. I've come to appreciate Gorman a lot more as I've got older, like the acting craft that went into his character. Yeah, he's great. He's, he needed to play born. it. He, he really needed to play it right. Because mm-hmm. if you actually thought that Gorman was competent with any of this stuff at all, it would undermine so much of what happens in the film. His <laughs> graphics are epic. <laughs> I love the lo-fi stuff. I love the shot shooting it on the CRT screens too. Like you just get all that, those like aberrations and stuff. 
the kit bash sets and everything is just so cool all those bits and pieces just grabbing other things and randomly putting there and then also telling the story like look these guys are all alive you that connection and storytelling where you're showing like this is the character this is their heart rate and they're they're set up you know now we're going to show you this later but it's going to be like all hell is breaking loose you know it's it's that's smart you know so well right yeah you have to you have to if you don't have that logic there then later on you're going to lose that logic the sequential logic you know I'm so badass. <laughs> I've got to say, of all the all the bits that were added in to the director's cut, I think this is—I don't know—this is the one that spoils the pacing for me the most. State of you know badass I mean? art. It's like when the drop ship. It's like just get down, especially because everything was so bouncy and jostly just a moment ago, yeah. and they just kind of like let like go, <clears throat> just like get up and walk around. And it, I, I wish they just kept that violent jostle all the way down. Yeah. I can see why this scene got cut. I mean, you know, I'm always going to love watching Bill Paxton um, Mm -hmm. having a moment. But, um, yeah, this is great. Higgs falling asleep. Yeah. Well, then, again, another um, uh, character support where he is just, he is the most seasoned, experienced, you know, person on this this ship. And he's, I love that, too, being able to just kind of hint at the fact that he is. and, And then just seeing everybody else's reactions and stuff too. Look at Vasquez. She's that's a cool voice. The way that all opens is cool. He, I think he utilized that kind of, another thing that's really cool. I think um, a lot of people don't know or notice or, or, or um, realize is that I, I believe Jim is the one that helped design the mouth of the predator, right? On the ship. He like, he drew it out. Um, and Jim, Jim himself is a very, He's a really good illustrator, uh, too. He's a good he, artist. Didn't he? Yeah. I mean, that is such a great addition to the Giga canon of, of the creature law in this film. Yeah, yeah. Look at that set. That's great. Yeah, all this stuff's just wonderful. These were all large-scale miniatures, weren't they, shot in a studio. So that building you're looking at there on the monitor is probably about two feet across. It's smart to use the CRT to, to diffuse the yeah. detail and stuff, too. Yeah, the camera moves are just too shaky though. It's it's all about weight, you know. And when you move your camera like that, you feel too. You feel like a camera, like you're moving like a camera. That that delayed exposure is cool though. The way the lights are being pulled, yeah, that's yeah, rad. You did a lot of the setup for this with the uh, with the um, VHS video camera. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, that's kind of how uh, Wrigley did it too. Well, this is before um, animatics. Mm. So what he did, he made a lot of model miniatures, like really rough things out of cardboard and remote control cars, <laughs> and just kind of um, got somebody to drive them around and followed them around with a video camera mm. to work all these shots. There's some great footage of it on the on the Blu-rays, actually. Oh, yeah. The Trilogy Blu-ray is a gold standard, I think. Yeah, we were talking about that before we did this, like which ones we have. Yeah, I have, um, I believe I have that. Yeah, I should have that. I have so much stuff from this this, this is like 13 year old me now just sat there with a massive space burner just going, <laughs> god what is gonna happen now <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like this set's crazy it's got everything yeah it's huge it's i mean i can definitely feel your muse from your film through this that's for sure that's like <laughs> goggles rain characters guns <laughs> check 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 <laughs> school when this was going on right and i mean i used to be a comic artist and i went through illustration i've got an, i've got a degree in illustration and right up until 1996 i was all set to be a comic artist then you know i got into computer games um kind of by accident <clears throat> but i've got um 
so much old artwork of me, like comics that I used to draw. And the big things that inspired me were Aliens, Robocop, and Predator. Mm. And so all of my comics that I used to draw are all basically mashups of Aliens, Robocop, and Predator. And I've got, I, I recently, um, a couple of years back, uh, my dad died and I went and got a load of stuff from my mum's house and kind of brought it down where I live to London. She lives in Yorkshire. And there was reams and reams of old artwork. And so I scanned it all in because it was all just, you know, in boxes, bits of paper. And there were so many pages of Aliens comics that I made up. That's awesome. That's a big muse, you know. Imagine your life without this, you know. That'd be... I I would be completely different without this film. Look at this. It's so cool. Yeah. That sets crazy. And all the water they have to... I mean, imagine the smell of that thing after this. It's stinks it's rotten yeah it's where you get your texture from though i mean when i was doing the short film the last man i mean we were only shooting for four days on location but we had practical rain the whole time and um, my actor rich glover was soaking wet for the whole four days freezing cold really windy um you know london in the autumn and uh you need to do it to get a look yeah. everyone's got shit time but your actors if your actors are, are into it they'll love it as long yeah. as you make them on screen they'll let you do anything yeah yeah if it's looking good it'll work out i mean it's like this is just a momentary thing too this film i feel is very um it they're using light really great but it's a much brighter brighter film than alien itself it's it's, it's much brighter yeah it is it's yeah it's very different light yeah so i was just at the televisions the backs of the televisions on the wall and oh yeah 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 <laughs> It's all, it's all just like sort of cargo pallets and things, isn't it? All the, all the floor panels. Yeah, it's the same way that they kind of did the sets when they were doing Wrigley's film, you know? like. I mean, it's almost Red Dwarf in a way. I mean, it's, it's a very sort of luxe version of it, but there's a lot of similarities. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, the, the great thing, though, is like the thing that you have to respect no matter who you are and, and honor is that um, Scott made an amazing film, a masterpiece film in its, in its genre. But, you know, Cameron came in and he did his own thing and he, he owned it. But he, the thing I think is a good note for anybody like that's out there now that's making like all these remixes is like, look at that gun. Sorry, I just got to jump in that. <laughs> that gun. Look at that woman wielding that gun. Super awesome. Holy yeah. She's the, the second best. unit too. I love the second unit catching all those extra shots, you know, while Jim's working with, you know, that's like, there's gotta be the second unit crap catching yeah. that stuff, you know, these shots though, they're so urgent. Like yeah. they're, they're so visceral and look how good they look as the squad of soldiers. Yeah. The, the sound design of the motion trackers is so tense. I wish it was a little darker. It'd be a lot better. It's a little too lit for me, but like if it was dark, like, yeah, you're getting into more darker areas, but turn off like half the lights i think it'd make it even more creepy the motion trackers were such a great um idea to oh yeah this scene. i mean this whole scene without the motion trackers will be quite different no yeah it's a huge part of the film you know it's like our the human's ability to detect things and you could use it as such a great suspense model how's that that rain running through the 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 light that was great the whole idea done and everything though it's just God, I love Vasquez so much, you know. She's probably one of my favorite characters ever. <laughs> I'm always going to love Ripley, but Vasquez is just, she's just cool. <laughs> that girl's a, a German He's such MG. a nerd. He's such a nerd. <laughs> oh, I Vasquez. You own I it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the cutaways to that graphic. That graphic's so good, too. It's, it's so lo-fi, but it's so 
fitting and so well put together. Too. We've got to get back into some more information for everybody. We're just gushing about how great this film is. Yeah. <laughs> now is um, she actually owns and runs a company which makes lingerie. Vasquez does? Yeah, she so makes it's, like... It's like um, your ultimate fantasy then. Well, you know, she's a very impressive woman, you know. Yeah. Slight. Yeah, I do find it interesting that what everybody's kind of gone on to do. I always thought that donut looked disgusting. Yeah. I guess I- <laughs> it's all bloated and just drunk on water. <laughs> yeah. I like how they're they're using a lot of the, the footage on the screen, too. And, and I think it's really smart um, to use that as your device of transition, too. Instead of oh. going there, I think it's really great. I mean, of course, they're supposed to be seeing what she's seeing, but... Um, I've seen it where films that they don't do that. They go right into the scene. I'm like, why aren't you looking through the screen? It makes more logical sense, you know? So yeah. I think there, I think there's, I mean, if you think about how many times we're going to see CRT kind of footage that's filmed, it's a, it's a ton. That's, that's, that's great. Too. That's a great shot. Too, yeah. Seeing a big thing and then gobbing down it. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> a natural, it's a natural reaction, you know? It's checked from weird science. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that top that top piece looked really good too. However, they got that effect that you know that acid burn metal, you know. Yeah, it was a bunch of solvents. I think I yeah. read about that. I think yeah. you just use a really vicious mix of solvents. Whoever made it is dead now. It's all the chemicals. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, all been doing all of that. Prop builders mm. just hanging around with some spray paint and glue. <laughs> yeah, they're like five like, arms now. Bill Bill uh, Bill Pearson's workshop model workshop. Hmm. You just walk in and you just high in like a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, oh, so much, so so much glues. I remember as a kid just playing, making models. This ship is just the coolest, man. It's just, it, it doesn't get cool. cooler than that. It really doesn't. I gotta say, if you look at if you look at the size of this thing physically with them stood next to it, and then look at the interior. Oh yeah, it doesn't line up at all. They're they're like walking around and standing and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Even when yeah, they're at the front of it too. That's so good. It's a bit low too. They would probably want to make it taller, but I think it looks beautiful as it's lower. That's a stunning shot too. That shot, that like subtle fill, just enough to give you enough detail, but that harsh hit on this side that's almost blade runner le- level you know like you know you got the right batty at the at the end there yeah, it's uh, well, takes that asks her if she's all right it's just such a nice kind of yeah nice little that was a great moment yeah well we got the we got the like so she showed him that she's a badass and capable and now he is saying, oh, I see you're vulnerable. It's okay because I know you're a badass. Like, there's all those subtle hidden things that happens and it really develops their relationship, It's which becomes a soft marriage, you know, like um, once we meet, you know, baby Newt. So, yeah. And I think there's, there's more to it than that as well, though, because Hicks knows that she's a badass and he knows that she's capable and he can see that she's really scared. Yeah. And so it makes him question everything that's going on. True, true, yeah. And he's, and he's got a brain between his ears too which is great yeah if you watch hicks now he knows that ripley's the one he needs to really listen to yeah yeah he can tell well he's the one that's been paying attention like look at his his mannerisms and stuff and how he's yeah. where, where he's at in the placement of things too yeah man when you're making a film at this level and this scale i mean you got to just be so on point with everything that you're doing i just don't know how you it's just logistics like liabilities everywhere just you know just in continuity and character roles and developments 
you know, you, you can only get that, you only have so much time to catch that one shot and then you're done. I mean, look at this set right here. This is a, this is a big set. This is why you need a good team with you, right? I mean, it's, yeah. this is why you need yeah. your family. Yeah, you need your team. You can't do this stuff alone. It's too big. It's too many moving pieces. This is yeah. great. This is great. I mean, this is what I was talking about as a kid. Seeing this, I was like, wow, it doesn't get much more gross than that. Like, what the hell is that? Well, it yeah. looks perfect. It looks like a real live creature. At least you're acting right there. She just got startled by his soft touch, too. And then look at his. She's pissed off as well. She's like really. Yeah. yeah. Edgy. Well, she's, that's the thing that almost killed her. So she's just like completely like, what the hell is going on here? Mm, yeah. The, she was like, yeah, I see what Wayland's been up to farming yeah. these, these things. He freaks. Yeah. She knows what's going on straight away. Yeah. Trying to make a profit, make so a super war. Super mix. Yeah. Mm. And he, that's the thing. He knows exactly what's going yeah. on. And this is him going, Oh, uh, I don't know what's happening. Bullshitting. So that gross. looks completely real. That does. It's super gross. Stan was talking about how, like how difficult it was to put that in water in such a small area and have it move and stuff. They just nailed it. Yeah. So gross. So phallic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a vagina dick. With legs, it's so gross, man. I just put the dick in it. Yeah, oh, it's still going. Look at that thing; it's still moving around. <laughs> Crazy. Look at those numbers on the wall. Sci-fi numbers. <laughs> Big numbers. What font is that? Uh, it, it's not like Microstyle. It's close though. I'm not quite sure exactly what font that is. Use yeah. Microstyle on Moon. That's like my sort of favorite classic sci-fi font. Yeah, you guys are all using the same one. It's uh, it, it tells you in the future when you see a bit of micro style. Look how nice that motion track. Look how nice all these props are. Yeah, kit. It's just fucking gorgeous. I love it. It just it tickles. It, it tickles me in all the right ways. Do you know what I mean? It just looks cool as shit. You know it's going to be doing some cool as shit stuff. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just there's you know watching this film that it's, it's something really cool is going to be coming towards you. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna get a ride. And it still hasn't quite happened yet. No. Yeah, it's all this, a lot of tension build up. Yeah, good, and there's all stuff, and it's like you're going to see all this stuff you working. Need, you need all that tension build up, though. If we just start going straight to it, I feel like that's another problem I find that I notice with films now. They just jump to it too fast. There's not enough time to really sit and sit in tension. You know? Look at that. Look at that. Steadicam harness with an MD42 and a bunch of Kawasaki motorbike parts on it. I mean, they oversimplifying it. Look at those pulse rifles. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a Thompson uh, submachine gun cut down with a uh, sorry stripped down with a cut down um spas 12 grenade launcher on the barrel <laughs> and then dressed and it's beautiful like they use a thompson because it, it was reliable and it had a very good flash it had a very good big flash and not much smoke um and it, that gun is just absolutely beautiful there's two guns that are my most favorite guns ever in cinema there's a pulse rifle and decal's blaster from uh, uh, <laughs> How about um, the Joker's gun in in uh, the first film? <laughs> the super long <laughs> pistol. <laughs> Every time I see that, it gets on my tits. <laughs> oh, here yeah. we go. Here's new and man. Um, I mean, she, she did a damn good job, all things considered. Um, for, she's a for, teacher. For, she's a school teacher. She oh, never did to this. <laughs> Probably can't. You know, after you go and do something at this this level. 
no, with this I'm extent. Not, and that's got to be really me. hard. I don't know if I would be able to do this, uh, make a film, and then see the. I mean, I probably would if I had people there, and it's a different situation. But I just feel bad, you know, like running this kid through the the ringer with all this stuff. You know, there's just a lot of there's a lot of really messed up stuff that you could psychologically destroy this kid with. You know. <laughs> well, you're saying that now, but when you're making your film, you'll be like, "Go on, kid, get down yeah. there. I'm gonna get a shot. Come on, kid, look scared." There's that computer screen. <laughs> that's true. Dang, that's that, that's she's like a Ripley. That's Ripley. She's like, "Wow, you really did this place nicely. I like yeah, the way you like, kept your place." Look like pigs, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Ripley's like, yeah, there's the back of a television again with a bunch of stuff dressed on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just You'll noticed it again. Tons of but, televisions. Yeah. Um, she she went to she went to all those she went to Mardi Gras with all those beads she's got back there. <laughs> this would be tense because I always used to just imagine that fan like shaving the top inch of your head. <laughs> Same, me too. I'm like, whoa, watch your head. <laughs> This it's is really great nice. too. The use of light and cutting through it, and then the the sense of things. And now, her, she becomes a mom again. She lost her daughter, but now, and, and it's smart how that you you introduce all those things. You know, like she lost her daughter, and now she gets one. These are just just again smart storytelling. It's so badly as well. All yeah. this stuff could be handled so badly. Yeah, it's it's just a, but it's not. It's, it's dealt with really well. And it's well put so together. How to do this shit? Yeah, it's really great. It's really well put together. Films tend to require a lot of stories need these kind of ingredients. Oh, you have and to, yeah. you have to. Yeah. I mean, stories, we're, we're, you know, we're storytelling apes basically. And we have to have those basic primitive things, you know, or it's just missing that piece. And then it just becomes like a, a shell of something that could, could be, you know, yeah. This is so as well. Ripley getting through to new, like Gorman yeah. just completely arsing it up. Yeah. And, well, he's, he's useless the whole time, but it's great to have him there because he's just a useless character, you know? Um, he plays it well, though. Like, yeah. you know, he, he has to be useless, and he, he does it great. William yeah. Hope, sorry, that's his name. Yeah, he's he's a he's a really good actor. Hmm. It's that thing where, you, when you know, for years I was watching this film, and he used to just annoy me and frustrate me. But now I'm a bit older, I can appreciate his performance and what he does for the film. Yeah. And it's... It's great. It's interesting how much these films change and adapt to you every time you watch it, too, um, as you get older, too. And that's a great shot as well. Yeah. And then, she, you know, she's the bringer of, like, nutrients and, you know, like, and like how she tries to, like, revive her and remind her of who she was by cleaning her up. That's a choice that these are, again, these are all, like, design choices, you know. And if you think about this being uh, an action horror film, um, the la- and I'll say you know like one of the best action horror films of all time is going to have a girl being cleaned by a, a woman. You're like what? That doesn't make any sense, but it makes complete sense, you know, in the in the subtext of things, you know. It's perfect. Like yeah, it is. Oh, you know, you're having a you're having a shit day. You have a hot chocolate and you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Her, it's her, like because it all it gives her that kind of glimpse back into the world that she's lost and yeah. having your mouth in your face when you do you know it's that whole you know it's one of the things you remember from childhood right yeah i certainly do yeah no definitely it's um and it's also just supports the world the story the character the everything and you know like she just lost her she found out she just lost her 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 daughter so she's becoming a surrogate mother now and she's finding her place and and as she does this look at her demeanor now she's 
completely she's like well if this little kid made it then i think it's okay but she's let her guard down to look at her mannerisms and we haven't seen her like this at all in the entire film until now we're an hour in as well it's like an automatic thing to her yeah she's not she's not trying to get information out of the kid she's just worried about the kid well she's just a mom you know she's remembering who she was yeah yeah. And it's beautiful. This this if this dynamic didn't happen in the film, the film would be nothing, honestly. Like this the 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 role between these two, it's basically uh Ripley and her past self and they're coexisting now and it's just really smart. It's really well done and you better believe it's designed, you know, whether Jim knows it or not, which I'm sure he does because he's a master manipulator and in films he's really good at it. So um and that's all a really good filmmaker is, really. Um they're manipulating you, you and your emotions by using music and moving picture. And this one, they're trying to scare you. They're also trying to get you excited about the props and all this stuff, but they're trying to scare you, you know, ultimately, because there's some really epic jump scares that happen in this film too. Yeah. It's funny this too, because really um, there's a lot of respect going on here as well, because Tons. Yeah. the only survivor and Ripley gets, because Ripley's the only survivor too from the aliens. Yeah. So really, New is cooler than Ripley because she's the only one that survived and she's like 11 or whatever. Yeah, that's so gross. So there's a, there's a really nice kind of respect between the way that Ripley respects Newt. Yeah. That's pretty gross. That was a bunch of um, oysters and, and stomach lining from cows. Like spray painted and stuff, yeah. It looks great though, it looks real. Yeah, it looks Bish- Bishop's like, you're just a human, get out of here. <laughs> He's a lucky says great as well. Yeah. He doesn't just say no, he kind of gives him a little like, once up. Yeah, like get out of here. Like you're useless to me now. I found the like, superior being. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I mean that makes it makes a lot of sense too as in the logic of the, his character. That graphic is great. Shiftiness was built up brilliantly with Bishop. Yeah. Like Ken Bishop knowing what Ash did. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. They're all great. They all pull it off so well his smug look yeah he's like right nailed it you know when you went from one to the next you see how that worked too like you went from like the main dude and then you went right behind i mean the camera move is just perfect it transitioned without a cut i love that when you when you see that in films where the the sequences it transitions without needing a cut that's just like really well-placed actors and their 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 roles and where they're going you know so smart smart move smart move this is subtleties there's so many of them you know um, and I think that's what makes a great piece that all adds up. Well, one of the subtleties in the performances that I love is that you get to see, that's a pretty good map painting. That's mm. holding it pretty. Yeah. It kind of looks like an Akira set almost. So yeah, it felt like a gouache yeah. painting. It had a cool style to it. Yeah. It was quite Akira that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you get to see the soldiers thinking in this. Yeah. yeah. They're not just like bodies carrying guns. When they were shooting this shot here, they had an accident and, um, yeah, the the brakes failed on the APC and it moved oh, yeah. forward fall. Yeah. And then to shoot without uh, with the camera remotely. It was a shot before this one. Look at all this, it's so good. Um, yeah, another yeah. set. Another fucking set. That's crazy. <laughs> so the many sets. See and uh, destroyed the camera, just rolled into a wall and crushed it. Oh expensive it day. It was an expensive yeah. day. <laughs> if I had a crew there, they'd have had a worse day than that. And if you look at this too, the thing that I mean, we were in a digital era and a digital age now. And yeah, there's a lot of that, like films better and stuff, but I, I don't know, what man. Kind of film is just incredible looking the way it softens things and the way it 
the imperfections of it and how forgiving it, it is and how it, it receives yeah. light. It's just, it's a, it's a completely different, um, media completely. And I, people think that one's better than the other. I don't really subscribe to either of that because I think both of them are differently. They do both, you know, like a, you can like Danny Boyle when he made, um, what's that one? Uh, no, no, that's 28 days later. He used a lot. He it was all digital and he used a lot of small digital cameras for that film. So he can get, he like, he shut down. I think he was saying like he shut down the, the middle of the city, um, for like 10 minutes and he had to do that one sequence where he's walking around instead yeah. of doing it for the day he would have to take or two days to do that impossible shot. He just set up 10 cameras and set it up, you know, but I think that when we're looking at this film, um, the film, the, 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 the film itself, the, the sense of the, the exposure on the film is just, oh man, you can't touch it. You really can't. If it was just shot digitally, it would just be too perfect. I think. Uh, the imperfections of it is just that's what really feels great the warmth of, and the and, and the softness that film brings it's just it's hard to beat it's awesome this old shot in uh, acton power station in east london sorry west london which is gone now it's all destroyed this stuff right here yeah all this all this footage was shot inside an old power station in uh, west london i thought it was Ripley, ripley's old apartment she just kept letting it go to shit and then she just (laughs) 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 freaking pig man yeah yeah all this stuff was very flammable apparently oh really Um, like it's like like um like rubber cement and shit yeah when they were shooting uh when they were shooting this they went in and did the recce and planned out the shoot and then they found that the place was full of asbestos and they had to wait six weeks whilst they cleaned it up and stripped it out so they had a delay in shooting um man those logistics dude oh <laughs> i can't even imagine it just like it blows me away just how much stuff they have to deal with just to get these shots you know look at that the hive right there i was never sure i was used to think that this was from above but i think it's probably from the side that schematic because when you see them going down the steps it looks like they're going down a flight of steps and now they're walking along a level floor hmm <clears throat> I oh, yeah i was just- from the top but yeah I- yeah, I think it's actually from the side. Oh, interesting. It's all told so well, though. James Cameron does this stuff so well, like, you know, getting getting information from screens and computers and machines. Yeah. And it could be so... It. But he plays it really well. Yeah. His set, his headset. It's great. <laughs> and he's being overwhelmed, too, and he's like, just chill out. <laughs> And he's got, all, he, and it's cool. And he's got the two opposites in his ear too. He's got the, the corporate blood sucking guy, and then yeah. you have the heart, and then you have Newt, the the innocent kid that's made it through. You know, just get a reminder. Yeah, that's a great this shot. Is so great, this whole thing, like, it's just it's far, the thing I love about James Cameron. Right, is he makes these action films, and he makes sure that the narrative flows through the action. So whenever there's an action scene, you you still, it doesn't stop a film, have some action and then start the story again. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so something like this, like you've got all these like military badasses in there, they're all getting ready for a fight. And then it's like, right at the worst possible time, like, you know, okay, no guns. 
And the whole thing's like, what the hell? But it makes complete sense in the story world because, you know, oh, do you want a thermonuclear explosion? Of course you don't. No guns. And uh, all the little bits, like, you know, Vasquez, like, it's like, fuck you, what am I supposed to do? Pulling a spare clip out and giving one to Drake. And all that stuff, like, it, there's all these things going on. There's, like, character interaction development. There's, like, suspense, things being set up, like, you know, primed. Um, and we just, the whole scene is just rolling forward under its own momentum. Yeah. It's just perfect. Yeah. There's so going on. It's quite a complicated story really when you get down to the minutiae of what happens to each individual character and that's why it's so great because each character has got their own story and there's yeah. a lot of them and there's a lot of them yeah and it's just a wealth and it's and also just knowing like how hard it must have made Ben to cut this film down to two and a half hours and we probably had like a five hour movie at one point you know and now we're, here we are we're getting close to the first part of action in here and we're at an hour and ten minutes in and we're starting to see the first bit of just you know we're finally connecting back with what we saw last, you know. This that does kind of echo the first alien, though, because nothing happens for the first forty minutes. Which is minutes. great, though. I love that, though, because you need you have all that time. That that egg doesn't look too good. It looks pretty good, but yeah, I think the first film that's, that's nasty. nasty. Yeah, it's really and nasty. And all the like all the rubber cement and stuff that's attached to it's great. Yeah, yeah, just the oh, textures of things too. So cool. Vasquez is so cool. If you were going to get in any any level of <laughs> shit, and you had the option of having Vasquez with you, you'd, you'd have Vasquez with you. I'd have. I'd probably have Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator style with me. <laughs> <laughs> you got the biggest crush on her, man. Damn, love it. No, she's cool. She's a great character. Look at her. She's so iconic. So many films after this have, have felt an obligation to have a Vasquez type character in because she's so good. Hmm. I mean, I must have seen a hundred rip-off Vasquez characters. Oh, he grabs his head. Yeah. Oh, that? That's hey, nasty. And the, and, the, and the tone of her skin is so great. And that cut. It's, all in. Where it's like, hey, we're here to save you. And all she says is, kill me. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it's that. Like, no, okay. like, we're going home. And she's like, kill me, kill me now, yeah, kill me now. I'm done. Give it, get it out of me. Oh, that's so gross. Real problems getting the t-shirt to split. Yeah, like, you had somebody punch behind it, yeah. You had to do all these things like pre-scoring it with Stanley knives on the back and weakening it with acid and stuff. And they still went through about half a dozen T-shirts before they got it to, to split. I didn't like how she had her eyes closed there, though. She should have had her eyes open when she was laying there. Just a couple of shots and she'd kind of died and they'd not put those couple of shots in. Yeah. Oh, there's the alien dick. <clears throat> oh, here it comes. <laughs> the thing, the one thing I do have uh, that I like more about Alien in comparison is um, this one shows it, it's, I mean, like, that's great. It keeps it kind of hidden, but it shows too much, but I guess it doesn't matter because you've already, you already kind of know what it is because of the first film. So you just kind of get used to it. But, um, I always think that they look better when you just hide them. You don't have them that all that much, you know, because at the well, end, you know, spoiler alert, great. there's a queen and you get to see like, we see the queen so well lit and stuff. Again, this film is, is, is a very bright film for what it is, you know, the subject matter and stuff. Um, how how much? I mean, it's not as. I mean, that, that's a pretty dark, suggestive shot right there. So, so the weird writhing and things moving. Yeah, I like this that. Whole thing yeah. though. Like, it's thing is though, if you had a if you were a military unit and you had a really shit person in command, this is the kind of thing that would happen too. Yeah, it's like yeah. It's just around because you don't have any instructions. Yeah, and then you're just sitting there like a you know ducks. Yeah. This, this breakout was great. 
boom baby it's such a great way to have everything go wrong too like accidentally yeah. burn a bunch of people and a guy with the ammo yeah so the storytelling masterclass it's like and it, and again this is this is a narrative unfolding through the action it's like all the ammo has gone um you know the They've lost two soldiers immediately. It's clicky fingers and the two men down. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going on. You still haven't got any instructions. A couple more down. Everything's going really bad. Like the story's rolling out yeah. uh, through the action. It's fantastic. Cut back to those EKGs. You see everybody. You see them. They're flatlined. You know, you cut back between the two of them. And there's, there's so much story in this one action sequence, mm. like between the point where um, Dietrich gets um, grabbed by the alien mm. and the point where the, I guess this action scene would end when the APC gets outside. Between those two sequences, there's so much story. There's your girl. <laughs> <It's> so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you, need, you got a tissue got, over there? <laughs> you're having a good day, right? If it, do you know what I mean? If this was your film and you're setting up your shot and you, you're seeing this through the viewfinder, oh, yeah, I'd freak out. Yeah. You're going to be having a pretty good day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Like ceasefire. Don't create a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Fall back. Look, look at this. How much story is going into this action sequence, though? Yeah. Every somebody moves or speaks. Well, there's story. reason. I think that's the thing. I mean, action. I think the thing that gets maybe overlooked is as action films usually just go straight to action without the the, the intention of why there's action, you know? It's great though. A pawn yeah. gets gone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Gorman's just like, oh shit. She's reflecting the the audience member too. Like she's she's the audience member in you know when you're watching this, she's the person that's saying get out of there. Um, yeah. And he is not. He's the one that's pushing them longer, you know and. And then we have, you know, all this conflict that's happening. It's <laughs> great. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, he's frustrating as hell to watch, but it's because he's so good. Yeah, yeah. He's so wet, too, man. They just sprayed him. Sprayed yeah, him down. everybody got a spray, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, bring the spray in. Now she's well, looking at him. He's just completely shocked. She just manhandles it again. I like watching Ripley snap, actually. Ripley snapping into action is good. <laughs> the, Wrigley, the Ripley snap. <laughs> yeah, she's great at it. She's a good charge actress, though, isn't she? Because she's very good at shouting and she's very good at being authoritative. Yeah. And it's so nice to see in a role where she's not being a dick or being bossy. So when she does snap, it really matters. She's not a good driver, a good though. Story. No, she's crap at driving. She's went full crap gas. At cleaning up her apartment. Yeah, she's a bit crap at those things. <laughs> oh dang newt's come on newt use that seatbelt the really crazy seatbelt nah, I, like I love the, the 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 gun camera thing up on the the other side of the window too it just takes it's so cool because it just turns it into like a utilitarian machine you know at that point it's, it's like we'd sacrifice visibility for weaponality you know like i love that design style too like all that shot with through the, the the smoke is just so good and yeah seriously imagine catching that that stuff You'd be just, you'd be, you'd be I'd, having a good I'd be freaking uh, out. You'd have, you'd be getting, you'd be smiling. That's for sure. You'd have, be having yeah. a good day. All those cameras set up for that shot too. And there's like five takes on that. Oh, not the acid. Uh, I love the idea of acid for, for blood. I think that's, it's good. Yeah. It's, again, it's another smart design. Um, who came yeah, up with that? Do you blood. think who came up with that? Well, it was in the original Alien script. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Probably Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, I was thinking Dan, I think, was the guy that kind of came up. I mean, he is the one that fathered this whole thing, you know, so. Yeah, he's a 
Dan O'Bannon's he's a he's a he's a special man. He did a lot of work, and I'm a, I'm a big fan. This, <laughs> he this he did a lot of stuff for Star Wars too. That you didn't, if you didn't know, he, just, he did a lot of the screen graphics and stuff for. It's just uh, here where. Um, um, Mountain Dew. If you pause that, the makeup looks a bit dodge, actually. <laughs> you got sprayed with some Mountain Dew. But still, I mean, think about how much stuff is going on, dude. Just man, all the sets and the props and the and the actions, and then also the story still still playing out. Like all these into like you know the whole thing about Vasquez and Drake. Like I was saying before about them being from a different part of the military that that picked up recruits from prisons. Drake and Vasquez both came from prison, so they had like a special bond. So for Vasquez there, leaving Drake was a really big deal. I mean, they're all soldiers. They're not going to want to leave anybody. But that was like her leaving a brother behind. And it's uh, if you actually watch just the thing about this film that's so great. You mentioned this before when we when we spoke about Alien. Uh, you were saying like you watch this film and just watch any one actor all the way through. Yeah. And just kind of film a watch and just watch just watch this actor on this entire watch and then watch this actor. You can do that with this. And if you watch Vasquez all the way through, there's tons of stuff going on. <laughs> oh, no, man. That's Vasquez. nice. That's good. That's good. Dinged up really nicely. And you can see a lot of those camera moves and things, how, how much they inferred uh, his decisions when he made Terminator 2. Um, especially yeah. that one shot, that low sweeping shot. Oh, man. That acid's got to mess up those tires, huh? Yeah. This is so cool as Ripley saving the soldiers. Yeah. It's 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 beautiful. It's so there's so much storytelling and yeah. narrative that went into that action sequence. Tons. And it's all character logic though. It all makes sense and it like her from, her style and what she's doing and now how look at now him. He's like, Thank you for saving us, but you're gonna you need to you need to slow down. Yeah, and I love yeah. like how he's, you know, coaxing her down and only he could you know like she wouldn't listen yeah. to anybody else she'll listen to him though their their yeah. their relationship is quite tender and I, I like it a lot i think it's great it's well it's well put together and designed they don't i mean if you think about this now so many filmmakers that were making this film would have at some point hicks and ripley have a kiss yeah yeah because they would want that that gratification, but you don't get it, and I think that's even better, of course, you know, because it's it's the suggestive, you know. There's a time and a place for things, and I think there was never a time in this film for them to kiss, you know. No, no one's feeling sexy in this film. Everyone's no. just trying to stay alive. Exactly. That's the worst, too, when you're watching, like, a survival movie, and then there's a love interest. You're like, dude, for real? Like, that's not happening right here. They're literally trying to, like, take care of themselves first and foremost, you know. Yeah, they're just trying not to die. No yeah. one's trying to get up with anybody. Yeah, the lighting on her is great. That low, that low light. He looks great too. Their lights keep shining in their face. Uh, drives me nuts. They're like their shoulder light. Yeah, it will be really. We're gonna die, man. We're gonna die, man. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever watched Big Love? His his film on our show on uh, HBO. I watched a couple. I couldn't really get into it, to be honest. The one about the Amish uh, community with the multiple lines. Uh, Mormons, I think, no? Mormons, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it, was, it was a fun show. Yeah, interesting. Interesting dynamics. But man, she's pretty much wet the whole movie, man. She's completely soaked in water. <laughs> yeah, it really cold and wet during that. Except Paul him. Yeah, he's, there was, I remember he was saying like how they were all like, 
getting pissed and judging him because he would just sit in his chair watching them doing all their action and stuff and he would just <laughs> be hanging out you know comfortable and they they naturally on set they had this like this hatred for him because he wasn't having to do the military training and all that stuff because that's another <laughs> thing if you don't know uh um, yeah. jim and them they had the actors the militaries they had them go through like the regiment of getting up super early and training hard and putting forth you know going through all that running through the, the motions of it to really become the characters that they were supposed to become so which is really great i i would really, i really can't see you know some movies you watch and you're like man they really messed up with the casting there you know but i can't i think they all fit so well they're all and that's a that's a that's a art form in itself casting getting finding the right people that fit the roles i mean you get you make that choice wrong you you, you could possibly sink your ship no matter how cool your gun is it's, it could sink it you know well, a lot of these actors, they all knew each other before, though, right? I mean, if you watch Near Dark, the Catherine Bigelow vampire film, have you seen that? No, I've never seen it. Oh, shit, watch Near Dark. Near Dark. It's yeah. a Catherine Bigelow film about um, zombies. Hmm. but uh, Sorry, not zombies, vampires. But um, it's got, um, shit, who's in it? Uh, Jeanette Goldstein's in it, Bill Paxson's in it, and Lance Henriksen's in it. There's a, it's like a sort of a mini aliens um, cast reunion that was shot before this. And, you know, James Cameron knew a lot of them from working with uh, Roger Corman. So a lot of this is people that, you know, he's known and worked with before. Obviously, Bill Paxton was in um, Terminator. Hey, think about this, right? Uh, given that um, he came from um, Terminator into this, imagine if he'd got Arnold Schwarzenegger cast in Aliens. That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, but I think it's, it's, I love that they're all separate, you know, like I think that's a really beautiful thing too, is he's able to kind of separate these worlds, you know, and keep them isolated and they're totally their own thing, you know, because I, th- I think if, that would have been a mistake by having that, you know, it would have been just too close. You know, the thing with Arnold is he's just so, he's just owns it. And he becomes that that role. Like it's a, imagine her, you know, playing uh, um, Sarah O'Connor. You know, like that. That'd be so weird. You know, like no, you're you're you know the alien queen. You know, like what are you doing here? You know, so this shot's great. Oh, yeah. I, I, um, then the dick mouth. Quite fast enough. Yeah. I'll, I'll grabs a gun. It's, her reaction's great in this. I just love it. Good shouting coming up from Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Good. She's great at shouting. That was a great. That was a great shot too, right there. Yeah, it's explosion. That's that was awesome. Front projection as well. It's just a big projection screen with a bit of set built in front of uh, it. That's great. It's really well done. Looks great. Yeah. It was believable too. Oh, look at that explosion! So cool. I love that clanging pipe. It's yeah. Such a nice look. Uh, nice addition. So yeah. <laughs> His reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Really, totally overacting, but totally, totally applicable. I mean, because that's the thing about his role; he's like overacting, but he's naturally well, being so, himself. So you know, there's a thing that he says in here that um, I kind of missed it. I didn't know what it was for a while. Where he says like six more weeks and out, and what he's talking about is he's only got six weeks left in his enlistment. Yeah, look at the yeah. spit. Look at the spit. Yeah, so much spit from both of them. Not them Those two. Huge but, fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, Hudson's um, character has only got six weeks left in his enlistment, and then he's out of the military. Hmm. And so he's really pissed off because he's like, "What the hell? Like, <laughs> I'm almost done." And this is happening. it's like I'm nearly out. I've survived my whole enlistment, and now this is happening with six weeks to go. 
Look at positioning Newt's right to her, too, at her eye line, just above her, too. Smart move, man. She becomes equal. She becomes an equal, though. She's not a kid right there. Yeah. She becomes an equal. That's a... Yeah. But look at them. Look at that shot right there. I mean, that's an iconic shot. And just, again, just connecting the two of them. She's reminding... She's reminding... Ripley of who she really is, you know, this strong, intelligent mother figure. Yeah, it's great. So good. Their, one thing their interactions do, is great. One thing that he does great in this film, particularly, is a passage of time. Like how we went from them looking at the burning dropship yeah. to being command center. That's true. It's like really sells the passage of time. It's like it's not an easy thing to do when no, you're running a story. It's a very difficult, yeah, because you have changing time is difficult unless you go the lazy route and you put in like, you know, five years later or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. Or you do a time-lapse of a fast sky or something. <laughs> yeah. That was actually very true though. That's a, na- a fast natural transition. I think the way he did it was Bishop was closing the windows and, and then we looked up at it. So we naturally went in there, but that's true. You know? The sound as well, the sound, he drops the sound off when you're moving through time and then brings the sound that's back true. in. That's smart. That's another it's smart cue too. Yeah, he does very clever. He's very clever at, at moving through time without you noticing or realizing. <clears throat> Whoever's pulling f- focus on Bill messed up on those two shots. Had a fire Look at her eyes. Just like, they're just black circles. Yeah, she's fully dilated. She's probably high as hell on set. <laughs> Apparently, um, when she's getting ready to, um, to do a take and if there's some kind of like intensity to it, she has this acting technique that she uses where she does like um, uh, like monkey or ape impressions and she'll go off to the side of the studio and she'll just go fucking crazy like making monkey noises and sort of beating her chest and jumping up and down and stuff. Huh. And then she'll like want to set and she's like, come on, let's go. Hmm. Gets all pumped up and finds that lizard brain. I'd like to see a little bit of that. I find actors' um, processes fascinating. You yeah. get someone like Sigourney Weaver, she's so good. Like, whatever the hell she does is going to be good. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you were if you were fortunate enough to work with Sigourney Weaver, say you were directing something and you were fortunate enough to have her on your cast. Yeah. You'd be like, <clears throat> uh, one of the things that I'm really kind of keen to do working with actors is to nice sort of talk to them about how they like to work yeah. and try and facilitate as much as possible because they've all got their own their own processes and their own techniques and you know their own ways that they like to do things and so trying to facilitate that as much as possible is would seem like the way to go but um just imagine like having all of these kind of crazy little things going on right behind the camera i just it blows my mind i just think it's amazing yeah she's a great job strange creatures she really owns it yeah yeah she's amazing yeah, the setup's nice too. I like how they introduce this scene when they're just kind of like letting her, the one that's actually the, the professional survival, they're just kind of ignoring her too. And like, she's having a hard time trying to find what they're looking at. Yeah. This, I wonder who made these graphics too. It looks like almost like a Sid Mead drawing. Have you seen the Sid Mead drawings that he did for Tron, like the suit of Tron? This, yeah. like those, that those lines and those like 45 degree angles with like the altered uh, s- sizing and stuff was quite interesting. I feel quite fortunate with Sid Mead's catalog because 
I've been a fan of his for years and I've uh, I tend to get his books when they come out so I've had like I've got a full collection of Sid Mead art books well, they're expensive had, now they cost a fortune now yeah I'm just oh look at these things I'm just so glad I got them when I did because I could afford them yeah <laughs> this yeah. is the best yeah. the best addition to the director's cut these remote sentry guns I absolutely love this <laughs> you're such a gun yeah. guy do you own guns uh, I've got I've got a collection of um, uh, gun laws in the UK uh, aren't what they are in America. Oh, so you can't <laughs> say it out loud. Okay, so you don't have them, but you might possibly <laughs> you at some point in time contain it. So, yeah. I the local police station. Um, I've been down there and talked to them, and I'm not doing anything wrong. Oh, okay, so you have to go and take your guns there and like, get a note and a permission slip or something. You, there's a, there's, a, there's a, quite a few things you have to do in the UK. Smart, um, smart. Shouldn't give people guns, man. <laughs> you, can, you can have guns in the UK, but you've got to you've got to um, you've got smart. to do it legally. You've got to, legal. you've got to talk to people and register things, license things, let the cops know who you are. I mean, to be honest, my house is full of if you you know random sort of guy comes in to do some work on the um, you know on the plumbing in the kitchen or something. I have to like do a real tidy up. <laughs> yeah, and you're like a. A gangster then got a guns like next to cereal boxes and stuff. <laughs> I could reach my arms out right now and I've got an E eleven Stormtrooper blaster, which is based on a Sterling submachine gun. If you don't know what it is, it just looks like a everything looks like guns. Well I'm talking about real guns though, like ones that kill people and things. Um I've I have some let's not do it yeah. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I like guns, guns are cool, and I like things that I like, and I have some stuff in my house. Man, Newt, you need to take a bath, dude. You're dirty. <laughs> I would be All like, you're going to sleep above the, the, the blankets, Newt. You're too dirty to go inside the sheets. Put the sheets in plastic and then let us lie on top of them. <laughs> yeah. This is great, too. The tender moment with that creepy doll head. It's very creepy. Super creepy. It's like a dead version of Newt's head. She does a good job, though, Newt. She does a good job. And and I think that Sigourney really carried her through this, you know, and allowed her to kind of be connected and stuff. So the little space heater, it's great. Yeah, all these little props are so nice. All yeah. these little bits of tons, of tons of them. Yeah, they're so good. It's funny because I know a lot of kids look quite similar, but I'm looking at Newt there. And uh, she just reminds me of a little two and a half year old little girl. I guess it's just that kind of generic little girl look. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I think that's. I saw, I'm sure that's actually designed too to have that like generic little girl. That's so you anybody like everybody can kind of look at her and be like, wow, it's like like my kid or somebody I've met well. before. Yeah. So you just get the authoritative upward angle, like 15 degrees up. Yeah. Well, as I, I, and look at her eyes too, the way that she's like, she has a gaze now she's carrying it. She has a slight smirk and stuff and the tension in her face. It's all these subtle, these subtle cues, the way that her eyes usually lift her eyebrows, you know, like all that stuff, you know, these are all acting cues that they're very much designed in a part of intention, you know, just great. And these are things that you just don't notice. And that's another really great point that you mentioned watching films without sound, um, I, I think that's a great idea. And I think if you're really serious about 
wanting to understand films even better is to watch them without sound because sound as ma- as amazing as it is, is very deceptive and it clouds your other judgment on your senses as well. So uh, you can see the other things more clearly if you turn the sound off. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. For that <clears throat> shot. The thing about Sigourney too, is she's very unique. Like I've never seen a woman that looks quite like her before. You know, you, you notice that she has a very strong masculine face, but she's still very beautiful, yeah. which is really cool. She's, She's what um, you could kind of describe her as a as a handsome woman. Yeah, if that, but like not mean though, because she's a beautiful person. You know, I think she looked great too when Fincher had her cut her hair off too. She looked she looked, she looked awesome still then too when she was bald. Yeah. Spoiler alert! Yeah. So I haven't seen it. <laughs> Severe haircuts in the next film. Yeah, <laughs> pretty bald though. I mean, it takes a lot for a a girl to shave the hair off. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. We try, and there's a, yeah. We try to do some of that too, and it's just it's difficult, you know. Their hair, their hair is their identity. So, but yeah, if you look at it, it's more mostly her jawline and the sharpness of her face. And she got that big, big, big hair popped up collar, looking good though. Yeah, the collar's all popped up, looking good. Look at that thing. Oh, it's so gross. Nasty. He's such a creepy weirdo in this film. As yes, as I love it. I love it. It's his hairdo. It's his hairdo. His hair looks so just weird. He looks like a doll. Yeah, he's a weird haircut, that. Super weird. He, he, about, he does a great job. How about this, right? Um, James Cameron brings Arnie with him from Terminator into Aliens, and the character that they give him, he's it's known that he's an android, but he's like a tough military version. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's Top great. I'm trying to think how you could fit Arnie into this film universe and have it all work, but I'm basically... <laughs> no, he would, he, would just, he would own up too much. It would take up too much... Yeah. Take up too much of space. You need to just let her have it because it's hers. Yeah. But everybody owns it, it, though. They, everybody owns their own thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Look how sweaty Bill is, man. Like, if you look back at it, he's just, like, still sweating bullets if they cut back to it. But everybody else is is finally starting to drive, especially him. He's always in comfort comfortable climate. <laughs> it's full film to watch this. If you're really into it, you're really paying attention to it. It is quite a stressful watch. His watch? No, sorry. It's a stressful film to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah if you really if you go with the film, go into it. The I mean, the thing the first Alien film did so well was the you know the build of tension, and I heard Ridley Scott talking about it one time and describing it as um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in space. Mm, yeah, which yeah, yeah. Original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He took the pacing and the the build of suspense and tension from that film and duplicated it in Alien, and it exactly is that. Um, so it's a very tense watch when you go with it, but this film's even worse for me because it, they're Texas, so scary. Yeah. Well, Texas yeah, Chainsaw the- Massacre was kind of like a, that was like the start, and use that as a muse, which I think is really smart too. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't seen that at the time. I went back and watched that retrospectively, but I totally got it mm-hmm. watching it. The original Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I like to try and do is when I see something that that really affected me. I like to 
look at the things that inspired the people that made it and then look at those as well. Yeah, of course you have to. And then you see it all connected, kind of like how you're talking yeah. about how you see um, Jim's older films and how connected they are too and what films they liked, you know, and anytime you should, as you should just constantly, that's what I think I love about studying film is just understanding like, well, what did you get your muse from for that? Or how did you get that inspired from that? And, and if they're open, which a lot of these directors are, especially Jim and uh, Ripley, they, they'll tell you, you know, they'll say like, oh, I was really into this film. I really like that. Like you said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre in space, um, which I remember that too. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's kind of true. Like the way that you're trying to just create, look at that full screen critical, you know? So cool. Yeah. This whole sequence, all of it. Yeah. Simple, simple graphics, but it's just, all, it's doing it's all so, of that it needs to do. It's telling you how much numbers is left. Um, it's just this is of, like how to do an action scene without showing the action. Yeah. It's a very it's affordable like a, action scene. This one here. Yeah, it's like a really tense scene. All the action's happening in the room next door. Yeah. Which is great. Because, you know, in that room, there's like hundreds of aliens getting blasted to pieces in a narrow corridor by a couple of big machine guns. Yeah. But you don't see it. It's really smart. That's a smart move right there. It's like making films on a budget, as we both know. Like, oh, that's that Q2 is great. That yeah. miniature. But, you know, when you make a film, when they made a film on this one, I can't remember the budget, but no matter what, the budget on a film this big is never going to be big enough. You know, it's just eighteen and a half million dollars. That's insanity. Well, I mean, if you think about how much inflation has changed, I'm sure it's probably double that now. But it, this is a forty million dollar budget. I imagine if, say, let's say, in today's standards, where you know the currency and the inflation, all that stuff. So roughly, this is a forty million dollar film. I mean. No way. There's no way that you could pull this off nowadays. You just, you couldn't. This would have to be an 80 to 100 million, millimeter, or millimeter, uh, million dollar film. It just, there's, it just, it has that scale. It's so big. You guys did Moon for a very low budget, right? Yeah, it was two and a half million pounds, just under. That's insane. I think you could make this film, you could make this film for that budget now, but you, it has to be some, some genius coming out of nowhere as an indie. Yeah. Um, off star doing it by themselves away from everybody and then just go look what i did yeah geniuses i think is the word because you have like the actors are the ones that are really pulling it you have you know jim's leading the force but you have these actors are really you know pushing the rest of it through you know and you have to have that and it's, i think as you know and i know as a, on a low budget and trying to find the right talent it's tough because you get a diamond in the rough or you, do, you don't you know and, and find getting access to um, somebody that's good at finding good casting selections for you is, is tough when you're first starting out, but that's such an important that's, that's, part. Those are things that are tough. Yeah. I mean, it's just a job, right? You just got to get on and get on with it. You, you're totally right. But at the same time, it's just what it is. Yeah. You just got to work. But I mean, I just did a, a little calculation to find out um, what the inflation was. And it came out as um, the $18.5 million from 1985 mm -hmm. translates to 41.5 zero five so there 41 million wasn't today. off it wasn't too far yeah, double. Mm. yeah so but the thing is i mean there's not that many films made at that bracket really oh, i mean it's, so it's not 40 million dollars isn't an indie well it might be if you're steven soderbergh yeah damn it's creepy i get in claustrophobia phobia just yeah, watching him get in there awful uh that yeah. guy's face so they if you watch too if you watch how they light him they they um no don't seal him up no um they um they light him from the bottom a lot um, yeah. they light him a lot from the bottom a lot until he becomes kind of 
uh, the the hero or somebody that we that Ripley can trust. Therefore, we can. Which is interesting as well. That was a nice cut too between the guns and the action. And, yeah. It's a beautifully edited film. The the shots. I mean, it's more than just the edit. Like the shots move beautifully to allow the edit to work. Yeah. But um, thing just just excuse me. It's a team of people that are all working together and understanding what each other is doing. It's great. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Cutting right back. Action, reaction, you know. Action, where, reaction, uh, action, reaction. Where Hicks grabs it. Yeah, it's just accelerating. The bit where Hicks grabs his gun, I love this. He's like, right. Man, if only they had more rounds. I mean, they could just last it, you know? So I like how <laughs> they, like, they, just, they end right at it, you know? That's one of the best weapon snatches I've ever seen in a film. <laughs> yeah, it's intention. You know that it's one like, time where he shows, shoves the shotgun in its mouth when it's trying to open up the the, the, the yeah. door? They had to do that yeah. in reverse because they couldn't get it right. It's interesting how many of these shots are in reverse, too. In this yeah, film, well, there's, there's, there's tons. Yeah, yeah Facehugger's going after Newton Ripley that we'll see in a minute. Yeah, pretty cool. Well, that's I so tense this film. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bain's so cool. They all are. Look at them. Like you were saying, like getting your cast together. The thing is, so these guys, like when James Cam, that watch that Sigourney Weaver wears is like a huge collector's item now. It's some weird Japanese watch. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They, cool they, watch. They go, yeah. They go for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars now huh. because of this film. Um, this cast, like like you were saying about getting a cast together, you know, there's a real trick to it. Uh, and it's it's one of the most important things you have to do as a, as a director, get everyone together. But the cast that he's got here, you know, as, as far as like a, from a financial perspective, they're not going to, you know, given that he's got like the equivalent of $41 million, yeah. he's got, his, his expense isn't going on the cast. It's not like Sigourney Weaver's going to be taking $20 million of dollars of that to be in the film. Do you know what I mean? So um, that's one huge advantage that you have got in a film like this is that you can work with actors that I don't want to say unknown because they're all they've been in loads of stuff. Like they're all really hardworking people that have been in tons of stuff. So it's not fair to say they're a cast of unknowns, but this was definitely a, a step up for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is probably for these actors. This film will be the thing that they're remembered for. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Well, I mean, the film itself defines it too, which is interesting about films too. Like, you can have all the intention in the world to make a great film, but if you don't, there's so many unforeseen things that could just ruin it, you know. And but I think the main ingredients of this film that why it makes it work and why it still makes it relevant and why we're talking about it is it's because it has the pieces they're all they're all in the right spot, and then you have a lot of bonus things that are even cool on top of it, which is like. You know the guns and the technology and, and the the props and stuff. I mean, look at look at these guys now. Look how close he. Look at how close they are now. Look at the positionings of them themselves now. And look at her reaction to him. And she's like letting him into a personal space. Yeah, look at. I mean, he's touching on her. You know, he's making the moves. Mm. Look at him. His, look at his expression. He's like, all right. But he's always he's but he's always got a cool demeanor to him. Like he's just. He's yeah, confident and he's and he's but he's not cocky though. That's the thing that's really cool. He's still a human. And then we got the dummy, the dummies, the dummies, the plural. You know, well, he's, he's, I think Gorman's too common here though. 
like the, the whole thing like when Ripley when he wants us to talk and Ripley shuts him down it's like it's not like she hates him she's just like we're busy oh yeah she's a yeah yeah no but I mean she's yeah she, but that's her role which is great this set too I mean this set is just these sets are huge. They're massive yeah. and they're just filled with stuff. And like, they're it's using just, like metals yeah. and, and materials that are expensive and stuff. You know, it's not, this isn't cheap stuff. You know, the one thing I love about alien too. I mean, I guess I can relate these things because they're in the same universe, but the thing I love about alien so much is, is um, just the quality and the sense of things and the sets are so well done, you know, especially like the, you know, when you enter that film, you're just floating through their, the chambers and stuff, which is great. Yeah. I think the other thing that between these guys when they made these films too is is even uh, Ridley Scott said that you know Kubrick went out and made the best sci-fi film and so you can only go downhill from there but they figured hey might as well try and I think they did a damn good job you know so and I think these are completely different dynamic films too in comparison to say like what Stanley had made with 2001 Space Odyssey you know so that's a great shot. It's interesting shape that that um, nuclear reactor or whatever that thing is, that like fusion yeah, reactor good. thing. Oh, look at that yell wire! That's so science fiction for back then. Yeah, I think that is a yell wire. I think that's just white cabling with yeah, a UV glow, light. UV light, yeah. But it's nice, so it it's kind of breaks up the breaks up the color <clears> and form. <throat> oh, there we go! Got your big gun, your Sid Mead gunship. It's beautiful. The is gorgeous. It's basically um, Vasquez's gun in a ship form. Yeah. I think it's her yeah. face. Nah. <laughs> when they were um, making, you should have shown me your Vasquez tattoo. I imagine you have it on like your arm or something, just her face, and then the gun on the other side. You put it together, yeah. and you have her holding it. <laughs> there you go. Do you have any tattoos? Uh, I don't. I've got. Uh, there's a couple of things I really want to get, but I just haven't got around to doing them yet. Vasquez is one of them. It's the first one. The gun. Yeah, you got tats, haven't you? Yeah, I want to cover my whole body. I don't care. <laughs> I just, I love art, and I love it. I uh, just love having it everywhere. So, I'm gonna get Vasquez's face tattooed over my face. That'd be so hot. <laughs> but like, get her in like an extreme emotion, so it just looks all, like it distorts your face. Then if I ever get to meet Jeanette Goldstein, she'll really like me. I think she'll like it. And then the lingerie, you could be wearing it. Oh, that's great. Holy oh, shit. This so is gross. Bad. This scene That's just nasty. destroyed me. Yeah. Because I just. It's, it's the it's the monster under the bed, man. It's a boogie. It's, it's a, a boogie, man. Hello. Like the way, that, the way that Ripley fights it, it's completely reasonable. Ugh. Like just chuck the. And try and smash a window and stuff. All, yeah. the, all the stuff that she's doing is very. Yeah, it's logical real. based. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, this is an action scene with a narrative running right through it. Yeah. There's so much story going on in this True. action scene. Yeah, I didn't really realize that. And I think that's what defines his action films um, apart from others. Yeah. Someone's taken the gun outside and locked the door. Yeah. You know, there's a whole thing going on here. Burke's about to shut the monitor off. It's like it's an action scene, but there's just every shot is story. But again, remember the brilliance of no cutting, like, like how he did that. He kept it one continuous shot, you know, like it wasn't it didn't he didn't have to cut between these guys he just went straight from that monitor from her to that monitor to him i thought i love those natural transitions of action um burke starts sweating did you notice in that last shot he had some sweat on him he's just sweating they're all sweating like crazy yeah yeah we said he was like mr climate control up until now but this is a bit where burke starts to sweat yeah it's true yeah 
That must have been fun. Yeah, it's a pretty tough window, that. I mean, she's really going for it. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun trying to break stuff, though. That little stamp to keep the chair away. It's it's so great. There's just a million little great details in this film to love. I'd be freaking (laughs) out. I I don't even know how I'd contain my emotions at this point. And that's what you should feel in the theater, you know, like sitting there just in complete panic mode. Yeah, it's a real ride, this film. Yeah, this is to me. This is like the best scene because I mean, in regards to the the monster stuff, because it's just so heavy. That's a smart move too. Again, total logic in the character. She nice watching her be smart, and the way that the character just changes here and is like, right, shit's happening. Yeah, and that's go handheld. Yeah, this is like handheld moving, like you know, The Shining. You know, steady cam, camera move. um, When I was in the air cadets, when we used to do fire drills, no. The one thing that they taught us was to, if you get a year fire drill, on your way out of the building, grab a fire extinguisher. Because, like, what else are you going to do? Just leave it in the building to go on fire. Yeah. And the way Hicks goes back for that fire extinguisher really resonates. That makes sense. Um, this is amazing. Like, every uh, time you see this, it's a different that. Uh, so gross. And this. You the... see the creature, different. Every, every shot is a different creature that does a different thing. Yeah. So they had a clock one that they pulled along the floor on string um they had um one I like her reaction to too is great yeah yeah like they had a, about four or five different faces that did different things that's cool like uh hudson coming and serving newt that's really nice but i like her i like newt's reaction of, of pinning it and holding it back again her survival instincts to get kicks in and she doesn't just become a victim she like tries to hold back but she's also scared so it's very real feeling this uh, is really tense for me to watch as well. Uh, like I hate it. So gross. <laughs> you know, like when they're all there, everything's going to be okay. But they're not. Like they're all there, and it's still strangling her, trying to get his pipe down the throat. Yeah, they're all right next to her, and she still might be screwed. Yeah, they're not no way safe. It's real danger. Yeah, it feels like real danger. Ugh, so gross. To be honest, this film, it doesn't feel like Ripley's. You know, when you're watching a lot of films, you you get this kind of thing where you have these indestructible male leads. Oh, not male leads, just main characters. Yeah, like James Bond films. Like James Bond's never going to get killed. And uh, should, I always, that'd be great. You should. You should. It always takes me out of it. Yeah. Um, I feel like in this film, I do feel like everybody could legitimately get killed at any point. Yeah, which is great. I, you need to have that. I think that's really what makes you interested, though, because, wow, look at her diet. Like, her pupils are just completely black, man. She was just super high that day. <laughs> yeah, but you, know, you, need, you need that. Because if you don't have that vulnerability, if you're making a film about vulnerability and tension, then if you're not writing that into it, then what's the point, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I found that watching, a lot of, watching films with indestructible characters... That um, sucks. Uh, yeah, it's just boring. Yeah, super boring. boring. Yeah. And they try and some invariably puts them in danger. Look, he's sweating now. <laughs> yeah, finally. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's actually yeah. sweating too because he's got it in certain areas and not just all over the place too. So. And the the interrogation lighting on him too. It's great. Yeah. They've even got like a messed up hair perfect. Like, you know, like she's just been through some shit and her hair's gone a bit weird. Yeah, but she looks just. Yeah. Man, going red. This scene. Um, You know, before we started, I was talking about these graphic novels. Mm. And I was talking about the the second book that was illustrated by a Dutch guy called Denny Beauvais. And this is the cue that he took for a lot of his lighting. So a lot of the graphic novel looks like this scene. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's right, yeah. 
it's wonderful. Well, it's a, just like super graphic, yeah. Bold color, yeah, beautiful. I I can't tell you how much I love this scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in any film. This whole thing again, it's a build up. Is an action scene going to happen? It gets super super tense. <laughs> and you got, you got your girl too. Got your girl ready to go. Yeah, this whole thing where they think the machines are wrong and they're like, no, no, they're not. The machines are right. Yeah. The, oh, this bit here where she goes, Hudson made right. Oh, it's just perfect. I got goosebumps watching this. I love this scene so much. <laughs> yeah. You gotta love that red. I mean, again, all these cues. I, I, it's another thing to really look at. I would watch this film again and just watch, just look at the lighting only and stop every frame. You ever do that? You just stop every frame and look at it in the composition and then you think about the intention. You can learn so much. I mean, everything that you ever want to learn about films right in the films that you love, you just have to go and research them, I think, and really not just watch them over and over, but like break them apart. I remember, I think it was the, um, um, what's his name? McTierney, I think his name, the guy that did Die Hard. John McTiernan. Yeah, McTiernan. Yeah, he. I think there's a film that I remember. He said that he watched like 180 times or something. I can't remember the name of the film, but he watched it so many times. And I think through watching that film that he loved so much over and over, so many times, he like really studied it and understood it. Because Die Hard is a really fantastic film. If you like watch that and study that film, that's like a perfect example of an action film done right like in every way like that's pretty perfect too and really change much about it similar into this you know and when you get into this realm you know where it's just the director the writers the actors are all aware and cognizant of what it is that you're trying to do and along with the editing as well too so well you know like you were saying about freeze frame and watching a film and freeze frame in it have a thing i have a an aliens folder for this i've done it with quite a few films what i'll do is i'll um i'll have it i'll watch a film on a computer and i'll just keep hitting um screen grab mm, on every, yeah me every, too every i use vlc um, this is like command option s or something and boom 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 yeah <laughs> set all seven in a folder and then i'll watch a film and i'll end up with like about a thousand eight hundred or so um stills yeah. in a folder and then I'll just I'll just go through that. Yeah. I have like a you know, Blade Runner folder, Alien, Aliens, just all the films you'd imagine you'd do that with. That's cool. Um, and it's such a such a fun thing to do to just sit back and just because you can just look at any one frame and just go, oh, man, that's beautiful. Yeah, or you can kind of see like um, it helps you with your film, uh, cinematic eye too, like being able to see that. Um, Look at that. That's upside down and it's perfect. Yeah. I remember how they were saying, like, well, how are you going to do that? They're not upside down. And he's like, well, you just rotate the camera. They try to keep, like, like the, I remember they were saying the behind the scenes how some people try to outsmart him. And then you just, like, you just can't do that with him because he's already ahead of you. And when you yeah. do, he's like, well, he doesn't like to have to, like, explain himself. The most, you know, quote unquote geniuses don't like that either. You don't, I can't, you can't blame them really. They just, want to get their ideas out they don't want to be questioned they Especially have their attention you know? it's like you're just there doing it yeah and perfect, like, perfect, he's, again he's he's in his character the whole time he hasn't changed <clears> once and he's not going to because that's him you know and then you have him he's out there bright he's brave and trying to lead the troops and trying to like you know hold them back but he's yeah and yeah, panic boy <laughs> bill's freaking out <laughs> Like all the cuts that are happening too. And one thing is interesting to think about is like, you can't really, I think with this, when it comes to like editing, you, you can't just say like, well, when you do an action scene, you're going to do the, this much cuts. It's just, it, you get what you get with the footage and you just try to cut it together. But I mean, there's so much 
stuff happening here. There's so many scenes. Yeah. There's crazy scenes. There's a lot. Cut. You know, cut. Cut. That's cut. Just brute as well, like a hand yeah. over the face, like dragged through the floor and he's gone. Yeah. That's just harsh. That was one of your friends, like watching that happen to them would just be heartbreaking. Yeah. The one thing I do, the one thing I do love about Alien is just the one Alien, which I think is I find that fascinating. That's a great shot. The things, but um, this one having so much, it's just like a bug war, you know, like it was like Star Trek yeah. Trippers style, you know. There's your girl. Uh oh. Look out! She is. I gotta say, I'll be talking about Vasquez a bit more in a minute because she's about to meet her fate. <laughs> Spoiler but, alert. <laughs> I'll probably get onto that now because it'll take me a, a minute to explain it all. But you know the bit that's about to happen where um, Vasquez gets stuck in the pipe and Gorman comes back and Gorman has his nice redemption moment where he offers a grenade and they both um, kill themselves and sort of let everybody else get away. Um, <clears throat> the bit where <clears throat> Vasquez gets injured, where she pins the alien's head to the wall and shoots the alien's head... That's actually the producer, Gail Unheard, who mm. at the time was James Cameron. Mm. And when filming the cutaway of the boot coming up on the alien's head and the, the um, pistol being fired into into the alien's head and killing it, um, they needed someone that could handle a pistol in a certain way. And apparently Gail Unheard had like tons of weapons experience. And so she got all dressed up in a combat and actually doubled in for Jeanette Goldstein to shoot that. Huh. And I I wrote I always I always love that story. I just I love yeah, stories like cool. that. People walking in and just getting stuff done. All the behind and the scenes, yeah. I I wrote a blog post about it <clears throat> on my blog on my website, on my sci-fi blog, <clears throat> excuse me. And I just thought it was like a fun little thing. And I actually Gail on Heard actually tweeted me and she was like, Oh, I read your blog post, that was really cool. Thanks for that. It was a really cool day. And I'd like a little chat with her about it. Uh-huh, and that's it was so like, cool. The coolest thing that's ever happened on Twitter. <laughs> that's so honestly. cool. It was so nice, and she was just, she was just like really, really fucking cool. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, just uh, made my made my entire week. Look at that, amazing. That's coming down a vertical shaft. Those alien shots there. It was gymnasts supported on wires, dropping mm. vertically. Just looks so cool. But they don't look like they're. That's the only problem I had. Like as cool as they look, they don't look as like. They look like they're slipping and sliding all over the place. Yeah, it's a different... They look like quite weightless, like quite kind of anti-gravity. Yeah. Oh, there's your girl. She's aiming a little high, but it's all good. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. There are some very cool character deaths in this, though. So this bit here, this is uh, Gail and her doing this. This. All this stuff. Very cool. Secondary stuff. It's such a great character death, though, because, like... Everything she's doing is on instinct. That flailing one in the tube as well is just awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice how Gorman got his redemption. Yeah. And Vasquez, like, right at the end, accepts him as an equal. Yeah. When it's the top of the grenade, and she's like, yeah, you are cool, actually. Yeah, we're going to die together. Yeah. It's a really nice um, cinematic end to the characters, I think. It gives Gorman a really nice arc. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, if he did finally change, which is cool, you know, he, yeah, finally, yeah. he finally became the person that he wanted to, um, yeah, to be sort messed up by then. But yeah, I thought this was a really great way to to sort of finish up with Gorman. That looks cool. Again, all this stuff looks like uh, the second book of the mm-hmm. Aliens. She, she, she grabs it and they all hold it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. 
perfect cut too right before it to have the alien screaming out at her too that flame looked great coming out of that tunnel yeah Man, just the just the amount of work in this this film is insane the sets and the very reasonable as well <laughs> separate is very reasonable yeah. that could have been a real contrivance the way ripley piles down there looks really dangerous yeah super sketchy yeah Man. i thought that this whole bit here is really well done how to get separate that it actually and even like her sliding down a big air shaft yeah the whole thing's reasonable yeah yeah it makes sense yeah it makes sense because just such yeah. cheap cheap setup that was just like oh, okay so the story needs them to get separated but yeah. it works beautifully apparently when they were filming this um carrie hen said that she she asked up a few takes so she'd get to go down the slide a few times yeah really yeah and james <laughs> caught on to that yeah here this is my fit coming up oh, here so creepy my favorite creature shop creature shot in any film the one where the alien comes out of the water yeah it's absolutely fucking exquisite again it's very iconic like we've never really seen this properly done before like we're think about all the different moving pieces like in an alien ship little kid in the water like that's this is the first <clears> time <throat> the world has seen this before so at least that i think of so where his tail's hanging and everything and it's so yeah. where she has to get down because the cut and get back in the water and all of it and he's trying to kick the panel up and again it's an it's an action scene but there's so much story just constantly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but the, the actual scene where the alien just rises out of the water and the way its tails hanging yeah oh man it's just it's it's the coolest creature shot i've ever seen yeah it's how i look when i wake up in the morning <laughs> i gotta get out of the bath <laughs> that water too there i remember too the behind the scenes they wanted to keep the water warm for her so they kept it warm but it was actually too warm and they couldn't keep it like she had a get out and take breaks and stuff i mean if you think about all the complexities shooting action films i mean as you know shooting action in general is just really really difficult because what you think you might capture when you look at it in film just doesn't look right and then you have kids you have action you have kids you have explosions you have props you have aliens you have all this stuff i mean it's you literally have to want to be punished to make this film because it's just going to be a punishing experience yeah that's great yeah, so that. good and that was just yeah, yeah just super well done just, well perfectly cut just, too yeah the, the way it comes out i love the how the tail comes out first you know yeah it's just gorgeous this yeah. whole scene oh man this there's so much to love about this film this is why it's such an important film i mean i hope this doesn't sound like we're gushing too much i mean we've well, got we are, a feeling we are gushing like, tons yeah we're just gonna be like oh my god look how cool this is look how cool this is yeah. this is what it does though this is what a film like this does to people like you and me right it's like we're aspiring filmmakers we love sci-fi we grew up with it and we've we've elected to make this our kind of our mission in life is to try and try and bring things like this to people right yeah this is what we're trying to do is make stuff like this and it's just it's so it's so fucking good like this film is so good what's well, it good it's, to have uh, things that you enjoy in life you know like if imagine not having this it would just be like wouldn't life be so boring a lot of this just comes down to passion you know and for them to put this forth you know that's such an elevator moment too like close you bitch and <laughs> linda does it you know and then you have to wait uh dude such an inevitability as well that like all he could do then was point his gun and shoot yeah even though he knows what's going to happen it's all he could do yeah such a nice moment one thing i didn't quite get from this is that that all happens and that's all cool and you get that he's got splash with acid but then he's just like sort of unconscious and stuff yeah. i never quite joined together how 
getting splashed with acid makes him unconscious. And so I guess it's just because it really hurts. Yeah. Well, also the film's kind of breaking a lot too. Even when like um, Newt was about to get attacked by the alien, when the alien just kind of come up and grab Sigourney while she was putting her hand and her face down there. I mean, there's a couple of things. It's a little it's, it, there's, a, there's a bit of jumping that happens here in the logic of the intentions of these things, but yeah, it's okay though. It's it's like um, even um, even the greats they have this kind of like inconsistency on things too. It's, it's we're I think we're willing to accept it because we love it so much, and that's just part of the uh, the psychological condition that we have with it. So yeah, but he <laughs> he's just turned into full get mode. Yeah, but he went to like almost like full um, like he's stiff too. Like he's not. Yeah. Yeah, he's basically out at this point it's like you just bundle him in a chair and he's done yeah that's a great shot that's beautiful that's good that's good old sci-fi look at that mat it's always the blacks that never match you know you look at the the blacks and the mat on the (laughs) that's a great shot though i love that cut through that's a great shot i love i've got to say as well this is probably one of the finest kitting up shots scenes yeah um, somewhere home alone style right here Double yeah, up this gun. Commando. You know the kit up scene in Commando? Mm. This is back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with this. Oh, got the pain. Got to chill out. <laughs> Party time. <laughs> the electricity in here is great. Molly's right here is super great. Yeah, big lightning means uh, something's going to blow up. Big money. It's really nice. That's great. That looks awesome. So good. Yeah, that ship looks great in there too. I got to apologize if there's some creaking noises. It's it's my desk. Oh. I've got two desks joined together at the moment. It creaks a little bit. <laughs> oh, great. she's so cool. She's so cool. <laughs> so now oh. you've lost Vasquez. You got now you got her. Yeah, these are great. That's a great prop right there. That looks I do nice. Think it's unfair though. I think it's unfair to describe Ripley as a, a strong female character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's unfair to, to use the word female because she's just a strong character. That's true. You're I right. You're right. Those, those kind of distinctions, it's like... Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, no, you I wouldn't agree. call him a strong male character. It's yeah, just, it's true. No, I agree. I think she's. that's exactly it, you know, and I think it is wrong to just, like, categorize them and stuff because... Um, it doesn't matter. A strong character is a strong character. Damn, they're all wrapped in Vaseline the whole film. It's crazy. Um, it's cool. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. She's just a strong character too. So yeah, I love how like she has, um, the thing I love about her character is she's got such strong intentions, you know, and like she's just, she's got to go back and save and, and, and not, she doesn't, she can't lose a second daughter, you know, like, so yeah, she's not going to leave her. Yeah. And also she knows, she knows they both know too much. Like, you know, Ripley knows what's going to happen to her if she doesn't get her and she just can't bear it. It's the ultimate yeah. Yeah. thing. Well, what happened to both of them, you know, she couldn't live past like the, the idea of, of losing her and then also losing, possibly losing her own self because of, you know, that selfish action, which is, she's not selfish totally her story like her her character is believable but it makes a lot of sense and it's something that you can relate to and she doesn't really falter and change all that much she becomes more cognizant and the biggest change for her in this film i think happens when she interacts with newt in those gen those like gentle moments but everything else (laughs) look at that gun that double gun mashup so oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny to hear her in her interviews saying how much she didn't like guns and how much she would avoid using them. 
Um, yeah, she was. She, she was totally against it, but then it was funny how they cut it to like Bill, and he's like, "I love guns." And then, but then eventually, it came back to her after she gotten a chance to use the guns more, and how much she loved it. You know, look at that! Look at that shot, opening up the doors, and then that slow push in so on her. Cool. It's, oh, it's, when you know when you're on set, you're catching that. You're like, "This is solid gold." I'm catching movie like magic right now. This you have the lights going, the smoke's going. You have your actress going, and she's in her her, her mindset. With their props and stuff, you just, I know, just know, you know you're recycling. It. Sorry, there's a, there was a, a bin on the right hand side. It's just like the rubbish bin I've got outside. Oh yeah, <laughs> set dressing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the watch that Ripley was wearing. I just looked it up because uh, I just caught sight of it again, and it's quite a handsome watch. Yeah, it's the Seiko Guigario. I don't know. Seven eight seven thousand. Uh, they've just reissued it. So you can actually get a you can get a new one. Oh, can you send cool. me a link? How much is it? Um, I never carry watches, but I I'm down to wear um, Ripley's watch. It doesn't say. Oh, I'll send you send you the link. Think about how much of this movie has blinking, flashing lights too. Again, how yeah. you know light is is a big character in a lot of really smart films. The use of light, because without light, you ha- you can't see anything. So the use of where the light is and how it's being used is a cinematographer's job, of course. But it's also part of storytelling. And a really cognizant, smart director knows where to put the light and where the camera goes. You know, I think it's very important to be aware of that stuff. Sometimes I wonder if I want to direct or if I just want to, like, direct the photography, <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes, sometimes I get so scared by how daunting the task of directing is, but I guess it's kind of similar to where like being a parent too, you know, you can never be the best parent. You just have to do your best and try and, and know you're going to miss something. You're never going to be like completely always good. So I feel like I'm the best parent. <laughs> do you really? Or are you just joking? No, I'm joking. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, damn, you guys have got some balls on you. Yeah. No, you, but, you know, um, that was intended as like a, a sarcasm. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, you well, as, a, as a parent, and it's a good um, a good point because you do hear people say like like when directors make films, like they feel like their films are the babies. Yeah, but again, I mean, this is something that like you know we we've sort of known each other for a little while now, and like one of the things that I like about you is the way that you constantly push forwards at things and you're not somebody who's interested in just getting in a comfort zone and staying there like you're always like pushing things forwards but and that that is always going to come anybody that's got a brain is always going to have a certain element of trepidation with that when they hope to get good results from it yeah. so that's just you have to you. yeah you're always going to have a bit of edge to it and there's always going to be like that discomfort and thinking oh this might this might all go wrong but you got to go there and try it and if you get it right that's where this comes from yeah you can't be too self-deprecating but i think you know like you but you also can't have such an enormous ego where you don't listen to anybody and especially yourself and your own fear oh that sets disgusting this is yeah this is when we're getting into gore this is this is gore right here oh so gross this is disgusting Uh, I think one thing a little bit with this is whenever that was well done shoots anything there's always a lot of sparks yeah and you probably wouldn't get sparks from this kind of shooting yeah I know when they were doing this there was quite a lot of fiberglass pieces inside this resin cut her hands uh, up her hands quite a bit 
ripping all this stuff off a few times. Look good, though. That's that Remember, great. well, with this stuff, like when you're making films, like you watch a film and you might see one scene where an actor, when you think about it, they might be a bit uncomfortable, like they might be wet and you can imagine them being cold and you see it in one one shot and you're like, yeah, that might look a bit harsh. But for the actor, they might have been like that the entire day. Yeah, the whole day, right. yeah, yeah. It's like, like <clears throat> yeah, so... Yeah, we're yeah, watching months of work. We're watching months go by, just flashing yeah. by. Yeah. I know that Scooney Weaver really hurt her back as well, carrying Carrie Hen around so much because she's carrying these two big guns and she's just got them slung on her shoulder. Like, it's not a comfortable way to carry, like, heavy bits of metal. Yeah. And she's got this as well. And they made a, a, a rubber stunt dummy. Yeah, the baby. Yeah, they made her, like, a little fake newt. I mean, yeah. for any shots that are mediums and closes, of course they use her. But the, you can see there's actually a shot, a, a wide shot, a far shot that you can tell she's carrying a, a dummy. Yeah, look at that's uh, disgusting. That's like after I eat burritos. <laughs> that's so disgusting. It's just <laughs> disgusting, man. As a kid, I was like, "This, what's going on here, man? This is so gross." I love that backlight, that fill, the cloud. Just in, in the design of this is just so disgusting. Uh, and the, I think Giger didn't. Obviously, Giger didn't have his uh, have a piece in this, huh? It was all secondary and James stuff. Cameron. Yeah, this was all from James Cameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is crazy. Cool. Well, it's Cameron and also um, Stan too, right? And Stan's team, Stan Winston's team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The design. Um, James Cameron did some drawings. They're like um, like pencil colored pencil drawings on black paper, mm. and he nailed the design. And then the build was just peerless. Yeah, it's so, so gross. Yeah, mine and James Cameron did the design concept artwork, and then Stan Winston, you know, visual, um, uh, what do you call it? The, 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 clear teeth with the, all the KY jelly. I like how the, the the mom just says, back off, this bitch is mine. And then it gets super, this is like, it does kind of have this interesting cheese gosh, moment where it doesn't make sense. So, the long lines with the heat has, that's yeah, just that's, beautiful. that's nice, yeah, it's a nice addition. Boom. You can see like the gear, right? That's the only problem with that shot too. You can see too much. You see the gear underneath where the neck is. You can see the metal right underneath it. Like, damn it. I always see it too. It's because it's center frame. Like, oh, damn. You're always going to get a bit of that going on. But I mean, look at look at how much they got right. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. No, they really did pull it off for how complex that, that thing is. It's got all of this stuff too going on here, right? Look at, just look at how much story is going on right now. Like, yeah. Do you know I mean, and nobody's speaking. Two queens it's talking, like, yeah. Yeah, nobody's speaking. It's like, I mean, I don't know if we're into an action scene yet or about to get into an action scene, but there's just story everywhere. Everything that happens is is a story. I want those Reebok it's, shoes. I'd probably never wear them, but they look sick. <laughs> <laughs> you probably find that's a, a, that's a That's a freaking fantastic shot right there. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it means so much. Like, you know what that means. As soon as that egg opens, it's like, yep. Yeah. yeah. We're past talking. No, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> All of this it's unloading into, into everything. She just like, it's Her, just what, yeah, it's great. She just like fucking unloads on everything. It's just like left and right, just blasting everything. Her expressions it's, are great too when she's holding the gun. She doesn't hold it with confidence. She holds it with like, like horror almost. You know? She's like screaming and yeah. It's like yeah. the expression on her face, it's like she's trying to, um, her body's trying to, expel the force that the, that the weapons expelling do you know what i mean yeah it's, yeah. it's how some people shoot guns like that sometimes they grit the teeth and you know squint and whatnot powerful stuff 
Yeah. 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 So gross. It's <laughs> 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 not all that fluid, just like <laughs> it's the noise as well, the kind of gallons. when she when she fires a grenade into that egg sack and it makes that kind of noise. Ugh. It's horrible. Good thing she didn't get splashed with that acid. Watch your feet. She good thing she got those those Reeboks on. Yeah, this, this part does get a little bit crazy for me. That's is why, like, I think um, this is when Jim does this a lot with his films, though, too. And you got to just kind of accept it and go on the ride. Same with like Spielberg does it. Spielberg has tons of interesting, odd in, um, inconsistencies in his film, but you just kind of go along with it and you become part of it. I like how she gets pissed yeah. off and just removes herself <laughs> from the situation. Um, it makes sense though. It's like yeah, that's so gross. <clears throat> it's just disgusting. <laughs> and we got the sound too the sound just rawr, the, the, the the sirens and stuff going on which is back to Alien 1 right what's going on with the light and the cameras here yeah. it's almost the same as the end of Alien that's true yeah but. yeah it's very similar now at this point uh, yeah. it's cool also the visual cue of, of telling the path back like a Hansel and Gretel style where you have like the flares leading you back um, yeah that's a good you know and we, we it's the same like action reaction thing that he did with the screens you know like you have this happen then you do this you know and, and all that stuff so smart smart moves well it's one of the things that i love about um films like this i love in, in films generally is when you see characters like thinking and solving problems it's really compelling to watch yeah and there's something that goes on in this film like ripley has to improvise and figure so much stuff out yeah we, we project ourselves on her decision making and we base it off of our own logic and what we would do see that she's holding yeah. she's holding the fake nude there but that was a nice it was a quick t- it was a decent cut remember in the behind the scenes there's um where jim was like pushing her to get more stuff and she was like i'm trying already damn it like she was getting super pissed so it's yeah, cool to see her yeah it's cool to see her like you know be herself inside the theater and inside of the uh on, on set too just being a boss, basically. I think you can safely say, though, that on this film, Sigourney Weaver earned her money. Yeah, no, she did great. I mean, this is her working now, right? What we're looking at is Sigourney Weaver working. Yeah. And bloody hell, she, she earns the money that bloody. You're right, though. You know, like, so one of these sequences could be a whole day of shooting, so she's constantly, you know, like, asking that and demanding, you know, weeks of just complete fear and aggression and anger you know that was interesting like you know you have the open elevator then you have the alien turning its head a universal sign for us to know that an animal that might be below us is thinking you know the tilting of the head is a universal sign of thinking which i think is good you know like all these psychological like little little nods basically yeah this scene here actually it just really reaches me this when she gets out and is gone and it's like but yeah yeah it's, it's just this this just the story just keeps going like there's no flat spot like a lot of films have got flat spots this film is a roller coaster and yeah, just keeps going, going and going yeah well it's like when you think something's going to happen another thing happens and um i mean she's keeps- screwed right now she's completely screwed she's on a platform her ride's just buggered off the queen's coming to get her and she's inside a big nuclear bomb and the platform's collapsing yeah it doesn't get more heightened stakes you know it's like i love that one i love that script idea where they say you can't use your guns you know and like to tell a group of marines who are gun happy you can't use your guns it's just like that's awesome that's so cool you know so smart yeah. Oh, here she comes, you know. Close that so, shit. 
the whole thing she was doing, like she went, she could have just gone home, but she went back in the shit to get new. And this is the end of her rescue attempt. And it's like, she's, everything's just gone totally wrong. Uh, it's, uh, it's really compelling storytelling. Yeah. And, and that's, that's great. See, right. Yeah. When you think she's going to get it, boom, right there. Is, that could be a really dumb story point. Like, da-da, X machine a moment. Here comes a drop ship. Yeah. But it's like a platform was too unstable. I had to take off. It's like, yeah, of course he did. Yeah. That makes complete sense. Yeah. It's totally reasonable. I think that's the thing this film does. It's like everything that happens is completely reasonable. And in, in an extraordinary way. What, why did Bishop leave? What, he says why he does, right? I can't remember why he left. Yeah. Oh, that's why the platform is unsuitable. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's just like everything that can go wrong goes wrong. It's great. Punch at Bishop. Yeah. Again, there's then, like yeah. absolute alien here with the, the shuttle accelerating at the last minute away from the big bomb. I love this shot where it comes through the explosion. It's so good. <laughs> and he's lasted the the whole film too, you know, all the way up until, you know, spoiler alert, but won't say anything yet. Oh, that cotton right there. Oh, there we go. This is kind of, <laughs> this, this is kind of funny. And the, the, the blast, it's gotta be so hard to like, okay, there's a nuclear blast that happens. So, Act that out. <laughs> it happens also with like an alien too in the explosion. She's just like, it's, it's, it doesn't really like their actual, their, their reactions to it don't work as well. Cause it's just, it's so much energy for us when we're watching it. We're just, we can only imagine it's just gotta be like the most intense moment, you know? Look at how wet she is. She is just, they're soaking wet. Yeah, her, I wonder if their skin would fall off after this. These, these, maybe they'd have to have somebody come over and just like dry them out and use it like a hair dryer, just to kind of dry their hair, skin out or something. But man, their skins are just always that blue sky, blue sky. Got that nice transition. That cutting through time, man. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, it totally cuts nicely. Yeah, and it works too. It, it's 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 paced well. It's quick as well. They're not. He's yeah. not. Wasting three or four shots to give you the impression of time passing. Yeah. It's just going from one to the other, but it's just doing it really well. That's a good point. Yeah, I never really thought about that. Yeah, this, is, this is all, like, I love, the, also, another thing I love about this is being able to hear your interactions and, and things with, like, it's, obviously, it's always great to talk, watch a movie with somebody that loves loves a film because you get to see all these little nuances that happens from it, you know? We all have different opinions, and some people probably hate this movie, and they have their own opinions on it, but, yeah, this is great, too. I love this Oh, that's, that's so great. And here comes that was, the milk. That that um, acid dribble then was acetone and polystyrene. Yeah, you could tell. You could tell. Look, it looked great though. And pulled off the, the gag cool. perfectly. The uh, same way they originally. Oh, that's so good. Look at, look at this. Though. Look at what's going on in this film now. Yeah. It's like it like everything had finished, and it's just gone even more crazy. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're never safe, you know. Like nobody can hear you scream in space. That's super oh, disgusting. Everywhere. That was nicely done for how big that thing was. That was nicely played. Ah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, so creepy. <laughs> He's horrible. Oh. But it does feel like an animatronic prop. Well, there's the thing going on here too at this point where Ripley is like okay with the aliens now. She's seen a lot of aliens. She's been around them a lot, and they're not like horrifying her anymore. She's just having to try and figure out how to deal with them. Yeah. Do you know? 
it's like she's not paralyzed with horror right now it's like the opposite she's like springing into action yeah. and so it changes, uh, it changes the nature of the films a little bit at that point yeah but, i mean i like that though i like that well you have two queens heading off basically you know yeah it feels appropriate because we've seen so much of them ourselves like we feel like we're with her on the journey and but look at the realization of this of this creature it's amazing yeah all practical on a tiny budget that looks great the little squirting stuff that's awesome (laughs) somebody off the side like just squishing something you know like laughing you know (laughs) that 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 whole thing to get him to do that and all that work i think they think they said it was a couple days at least so imagine just that scene where bishop gets ripped in half that's two full days of like shooting and setting up and stuff and they even like they like threw his body and they had to do like what like 50 takes or something just to get it right so it felt natural like, again, action is so hard to do because you don't know, like you think, you know, okay, well, this guy's going to run. He's going to punch somebody. And that makes sense on paper, but the logistics of getting it to work within all the constraints of capturing it, it's just, it's insane. Like action's a pain in the butt. Yeah, here we go. And see how he introduces her and introduces the queen. They're all backlit volumetrics. We have that, you know, that little window of light on her face. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And right up on her too. That's a great shot too. When they were doing the power loader, it was all made out of lightweight vacuum plastic and there was like a weight guy behind her. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So she was moving and he was like mirroring her movements. Um, So yeah, there's a guy built into the suit right behind her, literally stood inches behind her. And they would, I remember they were doing a gag on him where they... um, they said that they would like, they put some kind of thing right behind her, so it made it feel like he had a boner. So he kept they, they kept like moving it up, so she would be like, "Man, what's going on back there?" And <laughs> it's a pretty funny gag. They're just like having a good joke with you know. That's like that's all the funny movie magic kind of stuff. You would never think of that in a million years. You know, that was cool using her tail too, um, which makes total sense. You know, because if she didn't, I'd be like, "Why? Why is she using her tail to whip at her?" You know. Yeah, they, they got the the kind of animal aspect of it really right. The queen does feel like an animal, yeah. like a really smart predatory animal. Yeah, and she's constantly thinking and trying to figure it out. And she's like, "Man, what is this creature that's managing to like, you know, yeah. defy me?" Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just sat at home laying eggs this morning. Basically, <laughs> yeah. probably a fight with a weird yeah. It does feel like a Jim Cameron creation rather than a Giger creation too. When Giger's on point, he's just on point. When he's not on point, he's not good at all though. Like he does like makes the chicken, you know, but when he's on point, he's just, he's the best. And there's no such thing as alien without him. That's, that's really, it exists because of that. That looks, that looks too animatronic. It does look like a set of false teeth, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just the way it moves. So I think I would have a hard time on this because I would just be like criticizing. They would hate me. Stan would say, I'd be like, no, it just doesn't look good enough. This looks like a really bad that, accident. That looks that look, that look great. It looks violent. It looks like, mm-hmm. I, I really believe the fact she got hurt in that. It looked like a really bad accident to have to be in that power loader then. Yeah. this That, that shot Wait. looks great too. How they're at yeah. the bottom of that. They can hide a lot of it back behind her. So it's just cool. And they get really cool, good acting. Like the, the tail and stuff. <clears throat> When she opens the airlock door here and the power loader spins off into space, um, they only had uh, one miniature power loader and they dropped it from the roof of the studio to get a shot and it just smashed to pieces. So uh-huh. the only the only scale prop that they had for that got destroyed and they only had one shot to catch it. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. They, re- they reassembled it and put it in Jim's office, I think. Yeah, oh. so risky doing that kind of stuff. It's like, 
but that's how they had to make this film like you got one prop drop it from the roof yeah. just hope they can run properly oh so creepy man that hurt so bad those Reeboks those Reeboks <laughs> play a significant role in this film featured prominently that's a that's a that's the way you would grab yourself on the ladder too you wouldn't hold it with one hand you would hold it like that too to, to, good airlock well I gotta yeah. say it's a really nice looking airlock for a bit of a set yeah. design yeah it's got the big numbers it's got your big numbers it's got those big Ron Cobbs yeah it's got big hazard stripes it's nice and thick it's not like an airlock that's like a foot thick it's like a proper solid airlock like it looks like the thickness of the hull you'd want to have on a spaceship like that like a hull that's like you know sort of what 10 meters thick or something all yeah. the different panels and compartments but you know it's not like you've got one wall and then you're outside into space there's a big a big sort of distance do you know what i mean yeah it's nice well, it'd be hard to breathe not in that though yeah awesome you did it Ripley you're fucking cool you done did good girl you done did good, did good. <laughs> look, look, right that's, <laughs> oh, look at that's that. so that's gross Mia's all over the floor oh, it's disgusting <laughs> cottage cheese and milk <laughs> the smell I should pick him up like David and carry him off into the derelict like Prometheus <laughs> his sound is really good right here too yeah the sound design they did a great job yeah all that stuff just on him that looks so good so gross but they're cool. using like real world stuff you know milk and stuff like it a completely transition transferred yeah one of the nice things about the um those dark horse graphic novels too are that hicks and bishop play key roles as well so does new actually hmm. so characters exist in those books so it's not like alien 3 where they all get killed off at the beginning yeah you know hicks ripley and hicks go on to have further adventures and they're very cool adventure time she's got quite pointy boobs just to get in with not she <laughs> yeah poignant i think i believe is the word <laughs> poignant <laughs> yeah look at newt she's all cleaned up <laughs> So hair. <laughs> the hair just ages it so badly. Yeah, it's uh, so funny. <laughs> awesome, but look at look at the the character the character change, the the demeanor. She she's finally vanquished her demons and she's done so and saved um, the child basically. Provided. They could have ended the whole Alien franchise here. In fact, in many ways, they did. I mean, I kind of feel like it kind of did myself, to be honest. Yeah. I kind of feel like at the end of this film here, Aliens is done. Like the two films, Alien and Aliens. Yeah. Is that just a still frame right there? <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's finished. There, there we go. go. We made it. Yeah. That's, um, look at this cast right here, man. It's look at that packed, cast. Man. Stacked. Bloody hell. So many people. So many people. Isn't, um, wasn't Jim's wife the executive producer on this too? Yeah, that was Gail on her. She was a producer. That's what you're talking about earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, she's she's a beast. She was with him on Abyss too, I think. She's she was. Her, I was yeah, she, she's, she's, a, she's, a um, big, she's a big part of his success, man. Crazy. Yeah, well, she's doing The Walking Dead. She's huge. Yeah. She's strength to strength, honestly. She's a, she's a real legend. Yeah, it's awesome. Everything she touches, what she's, everything she touches is, is good. Those two giants right there, Ron Cobb and Sidney right there. Just, there you go. And that's so cool that they, those guys have such a high... They put him up I so never, high, you know. I never realized. Second unit director, Stan Winston. I yeah, didn't realize it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's cool. 
Well, I think Stan and, and Jim are, they're quite close, you know, they would work closely together and stuff. So supervisor, I didn't realize that either. That's pretty interesting though. Stan's a damn prolific guy too. So much stuff. Yeah. 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 So much stuff. Look at all this, man. Crazy. Our directors, set direct decorators. Yeah. So much. There's a lot, um, a lot of geniuses on this film for sure. Yeah. Well, you, I think the ultimate group of geniuses, you know, you'd have on the first one. This is just like complementing that, but it's a whole different team and crew and aesthetic. But it's still fitting in the world. I think it's a great transition from the first one because usually, like you know, um, sequels and stuff are just they're usually crap because they they have the sophomore blues. They can't live up to the the first experience, you know, well. But yeah, this film really holds itself well. And then eventually starts to tweet teeter off. We should do the other ones though. Be fun. Not, yeah, not, not I'm, nearly I'm, as captivated about those. Maybe it would be really fun to kind of. Yeah, and I'll be quite as gushy. But I mean, Alien Three is very interesting because I mean it's David Fincher. Yeah. I mean he's one of the best living directors. Yeah. Fincher's what great. an interesting start to his career doing Alien Three. He hated. It was like hell for him. I heard so, so many horror f- stories about him going through that. He's got some real stories himself. I bet he'd be a really interesting guy to like if you could like you know take him out for dinner and uh, buy him. An- <laughs> dinner and get his alien three stories out of his brain <laughs> if only i could if only is that easy that was pretty quick though for how big of a film that is how fast that credit roll ran i mean for just how big it was you know so yeah if that was now you'd be looking at digital effects and they'd be like you know four blocks of 400 names each yeah it's crazy sure. or even like pixar or something a pixar movie and stuff they have so much of them yeah it's crazy the crazy it's crazy amount of work for that small of a team. I'm not sure how many people went uncredited, but that's just, that was insane. Yeah. Well, we did it people. There you go. We did it. We came together. We, we united underneath the, the epic, um, nerdiness of loving a film. So there you go. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with us this long. If you're still here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Hats off to you. If you're a fan of aliens, that's awesome. Cause I'm sure that you enjoyed this. One of us, basically. If you stuck with us through that, you're obviously one of us. Yeah, exactly. You're one of us. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's cool. There's a lot of really interesting things that comes together and it's, I think it's really fun. Well, I don't like when I watch a movie, usually it's just by myself and I'll, I'm very insular and I close the world out and kind of just focus on it. So it's very rare that I ever get a chance to watch a film with a friend that also loves the film and like really depict it and break it down like shot for shot. And I think that there's something interesting there that like, I kind of want to replicate as much as possible and like do it as much as I can just sitting there and watching the film with somebody and just like scrutinizing it in a loving way. Just I understanding the, the, the balance of things and stuff. Cause there's a lot of things that happen that I, I miss, you know, um, even after watching it so many times, which is great. So but that's a proof of a great, a great film. And it's also proof of a great yeah. viewer too. You're, you're able to see things beyond. So, which is great. So uh, I, I really encourage people out there. If you love a film, like find a friend and watch it and just go through it and, and, and go and study it and stuff. Cause that's really, I think besides the fact that we're big fans of it, I think you would agree. We're just, we just love to learn about more, learn more about these things, you know, as we go through it. So yeah, the more you learn, the more interesting it gets. I agree. I find. Yeah. It's, it's like a rabbit hole and you just get pulled down and it's just, it's just great. It's, it's so much fun researching this stuff. Cause it's like digging for treasure. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I think that, um, um, 
also like there's you know you have opposites too you have some people that i know that don't like to do this as well and they don't they think it ruins it like steven spielberg doesn't do commentaries because he, he, because he feels it ruins the magic and he's right i think i agree with that too but i'm very fortunate i feel very fortunate that we have people like you know david fincher and really scott who appreciate the, the magic behind what they do and stuff too so because this is a for people like ourselves i i didn't go to film school eventually my goal in life is to direct a feature film so i'm gonna do it so I don't, you know, I'm learning as I go, you know, by watching and, you know, like just trying to put all that work in. So it's a great resource too, and exercising this ability to become knowledgeable of things that you love. I think you can go wrong. So, yeah, it's awesome. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm the same. Everything you just said there, I'd, I'd, I'd just say that it's the same for me as well, actually. It's awesome. Like, you know, I want to direct a feature film and I learn from watching others. Yeah. Primarily, I did film school. Same thing. Um, yeah, something about doing a film like this, though, it's like I was talking before about how I started my sort of relationship with Alien. I got into the Alien universe from Aliens. I watched Aliens and then retrospectively watched Alien. Um, although I did, I did weirdly watch Alien when I was about eight years old <laughs> by accident and didn't realize what it was. But it didn't pull me in like that then. It just scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, but um, I now, when I was like 13, 14, when I first saw it, you know, I watched it as a young lad, wanted to be a comic artist and was just like completely in awe of everything the film gave me, like all the cool design, all the action. I, was just, I just loved it. And uh, <clears throat> now, you know, I'm, I'm older and I've got a daughter and I can see all the other levels, all the kind of, you know, the um, sort of family kind of values running through it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. There's so much, and it's weird that I can have a film that I watched when I was like, you know, 13, 14 years old, and it instantly became my favorite. It's crazy. I can watch, I can watch it now, and love it just as much. Yeah. For for you know, diff- for even more reasons. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Same. Same for me too. It's constantly changing, and maybe like ten years from now, um, once we accomplish some of our goals, we can come back and watch it again and do another commentary. <laughs> Like, look at that. <laughs> kind of ultimate life goals. I'll tell you what, I'll put this on the table now, Ash, right? Ten years. Yeah. Um, me and you are going to somehow become friends with James Cameron and we're going to go around his house and watch it with him. That, let's do it. Ten years. I, I, I'm, Ten years. If life, <laughs> if life has its way with me as it has been, I think that's definitely a possible reality. So that'd be amazing. <laughs> I think so. I think within 10 years, let's that's definitely... Let's say it now and see if we can make it come true. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> on that note... Um, let's 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 finish this baby up it's been great thank you so much for being here and for doing this with me let's do let's set up and do another one uh yeah, somewhat okay. soon we'll, we'll manage our crazy schedules it's james cameron and he does happen to be up for entertaining us to watch it around his house um, and yeah. <laughs> yeah but i think that'll happen if we want it to so <laughs> yeah we'll see cool cool all right everybody thank you guys so much for listening hope you guys enjoyed it share it with anybody that you think might like this like this stuff and go and watch a film that you love with a friend of yours and dissect it and really analyze it have fun you know studying the things that you love so and that concludes this week's episode big thank you to gavin for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week a massive and personal thank you from us to the amazing team of people who created aliens for us to enjoy and relish time and again you can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectivepodcast.com slash 141, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. Be powerful, be prolific. Peace out.